0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting Bluehost.com. That's Bluehost.com.
1: Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today, and welcome to episode 307 of the Ham Radio Podcast.
0: And I am Dustin with Last Stand Media. Hello, Maddie. How are you on
1: Friday? I'm doing well. I'm feeling quite good. Um, just ready to roll into this weekend, man. I, I, you know, there's just been a, a lot of games to play. I'm getting back on a a little bit of a gym grind now. I'm I'm starting to go oh. and I'm I'm excited about that, right? I was I was looking at myself in the mirror, Dustin, I was like, this could look so much better. I've I, I was one thirty in in twenty eighteen. I've managed to you know, I worked out a lot and I managed to put on weight up to one fifty five, which was which was significant for me. But then the pandemic struck. Mm. I've put on another ten pounds and it has not been the good weight. So now I'm just Uh-oh. a now I'm just a, a man, right? And it's time to form this mass. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm gonna do. Oh. And I'm hoping by this time next year, June twenty fifth, twenty twenty two, I'm jacked. I can come to okay. my show and I don't need this desk stand, I'll just hold it in my arms the whole time. That's the goal oh, here. Oh damn.
0: Dude, it's funny, I um just a few days ago I was like, I'm feeling a little chunkier than normal. Like I get a feeling about it, and so I was right. like, Yeah, it's probably time to to cut back. I got on the scale and I was, I think, two pounds heavier. And I was like, "Oh, that's not that bad." It's but so I still weird, isn't feel it? weird. I still feel weird. So I'm, I am, I've been cutting back this week. Like mm-hmm. it, I'm still lucky enough. I don't know if it's because I'm young or genetics. Like I don't have, I'm not, I don't have Mr. Matty Plays level genetics. Okay, I'm not a tall, handsome, blonde-haired oh, goddess. Blonde or goddess. Wow. My
1: girlfriend said the same thing before I met her. She was just like, "I thought you were blonde." I was like, "No, Auburn."
0: Auburn. We're okay. A okay. We'll Just a little bit of brown. Um <laughs> so you know, but luckily if when I try to lose weight, it's usually pretty, I don't want to say super easy, but it's not insanely difficult. Yeah. Um but yeah, man, it's um it's not a I I hate going to the gym. I wish I could when I think there was only one period in my life where I really tried to like consistently go to the gym and mm-hmm. There's some people that are like once you get into it you like you know you you crave it you want it every day and I'm like that is not me. Yeah. I want it to be me. It's not.
1: It's yeah, not. it's tough it's tough. I for me it's just what I treat it as is my shut off the brain time. You know, I just go into full robot mode. I'm not thinking about content, work, life. I am just <laughs> a robot. And it's quite nice in that way. Um but yeah, I feel you on that. Like where you feel a little—I want to say heavier—but mm. as a guy who, like I said, I weighed one thirty-five. So when I'm walking and now things move, which is mm. normal. But when I was experiencing, I was like, "This is weird." I like have some actual meat to my bones, which I had never had before. So it's healthy. But as a typically, like I was called in high school, like you're a rail, skin and bones. Mm. You know, I hate it when people did that because it's like my bad, man. I'm sorry. I'm skinny. Um, Yeah. But, but uh, dude, yeah, it was, it's been an interesting journey here. So I'm excited to, to shape my body nonetheless. With that, uh, let's uh, let's address real quickly, um, just because we said this on Defining Duke, we don't know that everyone doesn't really listen to that, sure. uh, although by all means, please do, uh, that we are switching co-hosts there, and it is also impacting the show here on Ham Radio. For those who don't know, uh, Carrick made an announcement uh, Tuesday night uh, saying that he is kind of pulling out of all podcasts, um, and he is going to be redoing a, a studio space so that he could do more YouTube work, more podcast work. But the way that timing has worked out, he will not be able to do Defining Duke on Wednesdays. And for the time being, he is pulling out of Friday shows. He did say he may do audio only for uh, his show, International Podcast, which I saw his patron post. He is doing that this week. So keep a lookout for that if you want to listen to more Carrick. Uh, But for those of you who are Defining Duke listeners and you've come over here, Uh, Carrick will be back on the show um, and will be bringing that same – vibe that we brought there over here. So if you want more of that, um, we'll bring you news shortly on when Carrick will return. We don't have a a time in in mind. And as someone who moved into their own studio space, that's directly behind me. It does take some time to build up. So I don't have a window to give you all, but I just wanted to update everyone that it will probably be Dustin, myself, and the occasional guest for uh, some time on the show. So just Keep all of that in mind. Um, we don't want to see any comments of where's care, because we have said it now. So now we, we put it in the audience hands, Dustin, to, to answer those questions for us when people fly through. Other than that, let's talk about what we're playing. Let's get right into it, man.
0: Damn. Uh, what are we playing, Matty? I, I'll tell you what I wish I was playing, and that's this game. Mm-hmm. It's just still sealed. Mm-hmm. Mario Golf Super Rush went out. I had to go to Walmart, okay, because I'm an idiot. I'm like, man, it's $10 cheaper at Walmart. Yeah. It's got to save that 10 bucks. So I went to Walmart. Though.
1: See, I was going to ask you if that's why. I thought you were going to say you were an idiot because for me, my issue with Walmart game shopping is yeah, they still got the kiosk there. You got to go find the employee. Can I get this oh, game? Follow them around. They unlock it. At least that's how it is in my Walmart. So that's why it's like, yeah, it's 10 bucks, but it's a social interaction. Is that worth the price? Well. Dude,
0: it's even worse for me. <laughs> so this is really funny. I always go to Walmart when they do the ten dollar off, which is not always because I think like Sony Sony is like not nah, Walmart. You don't get the ten dollars. Like mm. they, they don't let them do it. But um I'm actually I'm I'm opening this now so we can see what's inside. Oh shit. A game.
1: Um I hate the Nintendo box I'll get into that in a sec, but yeah, go on. So
0: uh When I get there, I I usually end up going in the morning. Not super early. It's not 7 a.m. It's probably somewhere between 10 and 11.30 in that window, which is barely... 11.30, it's barely even... That's when I was there today. Mm. Every time, they are not behind the glass yet. So I have to go and talk to someone at the counter and say, Hey, I want this game that's out today. So imagine (laughs) me at Walmart at 10 in the morning, 10.30, and being like... Hey, um, I'm looking for a game. It's out today. It's called uh, Nier. It's N-I-E-R, <laughs> Replicant. And the lady's like, let me check in the back. And then she like goes in the back and grabs it. I'm like fuck
1: (laughs) yeah you can feel the silent judgment as they pull out like a half naked kine from the box and they're like what the fuck is this guy playing
0: man i know dude i was like damn (laughs) i'm having to ask the lady it's funny the lady she's perfectly it's always the same lady she's very nice she's just Mm -hmm. like a very you know she's a in her 40s she's probably a mom or something and she's just like she's probably like man these fucking dorks and their games coming on friday morning like they're, they're, they're always, dude, they had to get, they had to get Mario out of a box for me today. Yeah, and I was kind of there just that's, before noon. Mario
1: is, is, uh, you get that on the shelf ASAP, right? Like, you why would think, is that not? That's weird. That's very weird.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, other than that, also, I'm pretty sure that some, so I was, I was in a rush because I was trying to pick up the game before I went and picked up Holly. Mm-hmm. And so I like quickly went through one of the side doors and there was someone like a considerable distance behind me. And as I walked through the door, I'm pretty sure I heard this girl say, Oh, thanks for holding the door. Mm. It's like, bitch, Man. you're like 10 feet right now. Man. Dude,
1: five, I, I I <laughs> I had an accidentally ruined moment yesterday. I was leaving the doctor's office. Uh, for those who want to know, by the way, I'm okay. Uh, it was post COVID checkup for my heart. Um, something that they they the 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 general practitioner had recommended. And I said, Hey. Sure. Why not? Let's sure. let's cross our T. Um, so I'm leaving and I, you know, as a tall guy, you just walk quicker than the average bear. I'm, I'm ahead of you in a heartbeat because my legs are so long. I'm outstretching you. So I breeze past this woman and I'm, uh, I'm of the mindset as a gentleman that, you know, if I can't stop to hold open that door, or or thank someone or something like that. If I'm in that much of a rush, then there's problems beyond your your attitude and your personality. You need to, you need to of course take care of everyone around you to some extent. So sure. first door I open, I breeze through, forgetting. You know, I'm on to the next thing in my head because I think um I had to get to the studio to record a video, and I was like, okay, like you know, let's get in the car and go. You know, get this day done as soon as possible. And so I I opened the first set of doors and. You know, I remember as I hear it slamming shut, there was someone behind me. So then I turn around, I apologize, I crack open that second door, and I hold it for her. Just as, you know, Mm. a kind gesture. Sure. Yeah. But I understand, man. It's, uh... No. Yeah. You can't be expected to hold every door open, right?
0: Well, the thing was is that she wasn't that close. Like, she was a considerable (laughs) distance away. And this wasn't like, this is someone that was my age or younger, and it wasn't <laughs> like she was far enough away that I was like, "What do you? What do you want from me?" Like I felt, to be honest, like I was annoyed, but I also felt extremely awkward. Mm. So I just like quickly like <laughs> sprinted. Yeah, you shuffled the... out. <laughs> I was just like, "I don't, I don't want to talk to this." Way. She might not have even been talking to me. I, I, I was like, I am about ninety percent sure I heard that, but there's like a small possibility that mm. you know maybe it wasn't, but probably was. She's
1: so. talking to a premonition, maybe. Um. So, you're not playing Mario Golf yet. No, not yet. I know you're no, not yet. It today, or you planning on it, but... I,
0: I don't know if I'm going to be able to. Yeah, time Cause, Dude, it's just one of those things where I was planning on it after this, and then it's like, they're doing... Actually, I think I mentioned this on the show a month ago. They're doing the food truck thing again downtown, oh. so we're going to go to that, and then I have a little cousin's birthday party around the same time, and it's like, man, it's uh. just... Fridays... Uh, you know, Fridays are supposed to be easier, but not, not this Friday, and that's okay, mm. but you know i uh i will get it to to it later tonight i'm i'm waiting gotcha
1: yeah see at times i'm envious of people with larger families but then it's moments like that where i hear it and go thank god i have a small family you know just mm. going to little jimmy's birthday party or whatever who cares I'm trying right? to
0: think how many cousins i have on my it's my dad's side in particular Mm. that well it's weird just because i mean not to get into too much backstory here but (laughs) i was the first of the cousins because my mom and dad were extremely young like my mom was 16 when she had me so i was the first and it wasn't until i was like 13 that my first cousin not first you know my the first of the family and now there's like let's see two two so four five six six seven
1: Holy shit. You know, six? <laughs> I have two.
0: <laughs> a lot. Yeah. So, and yeah. they're the oldest one, I believe, is 14 or 15. Wow. And the youngest one is like five or six. So it's a broad range.
1: Yeah. You got yeah. that gap, man. You're that cool guy who shows up, cigarette in the mouth, just like, what's up, kid?
0: Dude, yeah. It's like, <laughs> did you guys play Mario Golf yet?
1: <laughs> like, that. that's going to be.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny. It is funny because they a lot of these kids are starting to get into video games. Mm. Um, and so they will talk to me about, about games. If they, they're all really shy. And so am I, which is just how fucking embarrassing is it? Is me as a 28 year old, where I'm like, uh, I'm a little shy to talk to my little cousins. I don't, I mean, we know each we know, I don't see them like super often. Um, right. It's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm your an idiot. Today, I'm
1: right. Your challenge today is to engage with your cousins with, with, with as much volition as possible you know, borderline attacking them with words.
0: Right. right. Well, then there's part of me, too, that's like, are they ever going to, like, look me up and find me on Sacred Symbols talking about, you know, who knows? Oh, they don't know? What kind of, you know, I mentioned, like, this, this, the uh, Rush, uh, Collins dog looking like it made cum shots, like he made cum shots on Colin's beanbag the other day, and I'm like, <laughs> what if they hear me talking about cum shots on Sacred Symbols? That's like... I think about man. that a lot.
1: I think about that a lot. Yeah. My dad is pretty reputable at the church. And, and you got me like making dick jokes and stuff on my channel. And I'm like, you know, he's so proud of me too. And he's just like, Oh my, my son does great work. And my like, man, you know, I know my dad watches and I know he doesn't care, but <laughs> seeing someone else there who's part of a church. They may, they may be a little disappointed.
0: <laughs> the weekly bulletin. I think that it should have the picture of you with the consoles, the three son, the, yeah, the console or yeah. <laughs> G that's
1: great. They dude. just make stained glass of that in the church. <laughs> Uh, Dude, that'd be awesome <laughs> for me what I'm playing this week it is an interesting selection but I've entered a zone a zone unlike any other uh, I'm playing SMT4 Apocalypse on my 3DS in oh, 2021 uh, for those who don't know Shimagami Tensei this is a series that Persona was spun off from I really liked what I saw with SMT 5, if you listen to our E3 recap episode, you will know that. And so I got Nocturne for PS4, and then I ordered on Mercari SMT uh, 4 Apocalypse for 3DS. And I'd heard a lot of great things about this game. I'm about 20... I think when I saved last night, it was 26 hours in. I've really... It's one thing I loved about the DS, 3DS, the the Game Boy. These games I churn hours in without impacting my schedule because I can very much, even with the Switch, I don't really, because it's such a big console in the scheme of things. It's very pick up and play though. So I can pick it up, play a couple hours with ease. Uh, But I've been diving into this and I'm going to go into SMT3 afterwards. Um, In preparation for SMT5, I really want to equip myself for this this new launch that I'm very interested in, um, and so I'm excited about that, uh, and I've been enjoying it. It's 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 of course very similar to Persona. A lot of idiots will look at SMT five and call it a Persona knockoff when it's it's actually in in a weird way quite the opposite. Um, it's just SMT's less popular, uh, right. but SMT four is uh, very much a traditional jrpg in a sense where actually i shouldn't even say that because in the way combats approached, you know you'll recognize a persona you target weaknesses you'll get bonus turns um but beyond that now this game came from before pokemon so technically it inspired it but for the sake of the conversation you will see elements of pokemon in this game you know you negotiate with the demons you get them and angels get them to join your team um, when they join your team, they can level up, and then they can transform, and they'll they'll enter different forms, of course, which will make them more powerful. The game's very crunchy and difficult, but in a way, that's not so impossible. Like it's got a very generous revival system. Um, there's checkpoints; you can save whenever you want. Um, and so, while it's tough, it hasn't been like nut crunching. It hasn't really, you know, busted the balls yet. So, hmm. I gotta say, I'm enjoying it. Am I in love with it? No. But I'm enjoying it. It's been good, and there's something... The story and universe what you're there for, right? It's it's post-apocalyptic Tokyo, but a JRPG, and there's... That's very rare to see. So there's something very compelling about that, as you have angels and demons waging a war, and there's this new faction that steps in called the Divine Powers. It's kind of cliche, but there's this sidestep there, thanks to its world-building, that makes it unique. Um, And as the plot develops it develops slowly but as it develops i'm happy i'm there for this ride yeah so the,
0: yeah then there's so much hype now about smt5 because mm-hmm. of e3 and i was you know i'm this is a game that on paper i should be very attracted to mm-hmm. I'm the trailers aren't doing it for me for this game
1: i get it because there's just that i think it shines a spotlight that the strongest element from persona is its social stuff and yeah. This game doesn't have, like, commentary on stuff. It's not about building relationships and bonds with your friends, which I think is good and bad, right? Because it lets right. Persona stand out, but it also makes SMT kind of unattractive. It's like, what if Persona was just combat? And that's what you tend to get here. So I understand your your lack of interest. Um, maybe it'll pick up over time. Maybe I'll sing the praises and, and convince you to, to get over the hump. I think
0: I may I may still check it out. Like if if the reviews come out and people are like this is an absolute banger, then I'll mm. say okay. I'll I'll just go in despite my preconceived notions. But um I'm inter- I, I I'm still interested even though the trailers aren't doing it for me.
1: Yeah. It's going to be tough competition. This fall is so busy. It it really yeah. filled up fast. And thanks to Nintendo really. They announced something for pretty much every month in the fall period to holiday where we are going to have lots to play, lots to go through. Like SMT five launching in in November is ridiculous to me, but bold, bold indeed. So I'm yeah. looking forward to that. And my goal is to wrap both of those up before SMT five, which I'm confident I will do. In the meantime, and it's actually pretty fitting, um, I do want to start Dead Space because with one of our stories, there's a, a ticking clock for Dead Space, and I want to do my life or death, uh, life and death of dead space video um because i did one for sly cooper a lot of people really liked it this is my next one more long-term project um and because i'm a psychopath i don't like to just talk games i like to put my hands on them remind myself of certain things then make my script so it extends the creative process even more uh but unless you because you didn't say what you were playing now that i think about it. I you know what you want to play uh, i took too
0: long talking uh, no, you, about my awkward experiences at walmart <laughs> <laughs> Also, I already can hear the comment. what is a gaming podcast? Why are you talking about Walmart?
1: This is this is probably Damn I will say this. It's a laid back show. Right. It's the idea this is, is the that we, we do bullshit. Right. We have our right. This show has always been bullshitting. If you go back, go back. At, if you think it's bad now, go back and listen to like when it was me, Lone Noah. Oh, my God. We didn't even talk games. We would literally label it like pull out for this. <laughs> We talk about it for five minutes and then start talking about old high school stories, man. It would just always derail, Yeah, which is like the show's DNA. So it's still here.
0: So with that, uh, I'd like to talk more about uh, my experience at Walmart. (laughs) Um, Please. No, I have been playing some stuff, Maddie. Okay. I'll just touch on briefly because I don't know how much I really have to say. Finish Ratchet and Clank. It's great. I don't really know if I have anything to say that anyone else hasn't already said. Little buggy, maybe a little short, gorgeous. Uh, worth worth playing for sure. I think that this is a game I can easily recommend to anybody. Mm. I enjoyed it. Uh, I am also playing the Final Fantasy VII intermission DLC, oh. the Yuffie DLC, oh. and it is pretty good. Yuffie's combat is really the star of the show here. She has the the ninja star thing that she basically you can throw it, and then once you throw it, you can either like. It's weird. It's almost like a grapple you like sling towards the enemy that you threw it at, which that's cool. Mm-hmm. Or you can do like materia magic attacks once after you've thrown it, then you like follow up with magic. It's very cool. So, that's cool. The one complaint I do have, and this is something we've talked about on the show is that in the core of Final Fantasy VII remake, the side quests not good. Just not simply not good. Yeah. So, in I was like, "Oh, maybe this is a chance for them to maybe make these side quests a little better so in the first chapter uh it opens up a little bit just like it does in the core game and you can there's like some five or so different missions i walk up to this one it's a guy in a turtle suit and he's asking me to go around and find all these turtle posters (sighs) i was like nope i am i'm good i am good i do not want to go around and collect posters of a turtle and at that point, I was like, you know what? Maybe some of these other side quests are good, but I am impatient. <laughs> I'm just
1: going. Dude, no. I'm they, just going
0: to continue the main story because yeah. that's what I really am here for. So uh, that was just a little funny to me. But other than that, and then Destiny back on oh, yeah. that grind. So it's going well. But other than Go that, ahead. I think that's it. So
1: awesome. Sounds like you're busy, and that's good. When we're playing lots of games, it means our mental state is at its absolute best. So with that, let's get into the news. So I mentioned a bit about Dead Space, and that's our lead story for today because it's very exciting. So there has been new reports corroborated across the industry uh, from Gamatsu to Eurogamer, so on and so forth, uh, VGC, saying that Dead Space is being revived Uh, So our last entry we saw, I believe, was 2013. I might have to double-check that. Uh, But that was with Dead Space 3. And now we're seeing EA Motive apparently is bringing it back with an announcement at EA Play, uh, which is going to be in July, July 25th. And so it's going to be a reimagining, like I said, which means that it's not going to be a direct sequel. And I'm very intrigued. I'm excited, of course, because I'm a pretty big fan of Dead Space. I'm not a typical horror guy i don't i don't get off on being terrified i'm like this is a horrible emotion to experience why would i welcomely indulge in it but i think dead space walks the line of this is so fun and so enjoyable and atmospheric and i'm invested in these characters but this is fucking terrifying like it does enough other things where i will go through the moments of it all so i'm excited to see it come back but it's in a reimagining dustin i don't know your real history on dead space is this something that you saw and the, the ears perked up and you went, oh, it's back? Have yeah. you played these games?
0: So here's the thing, Maddie, and I'm I'm willing to be 100% transparent with the audience about this. Okay. When Dead Space came out originally, it was 2008, I was in 8th uh, or ninth grade when it came out. Mm. And this is the era of my life where, like, when I was a kid, I wanted to play a lot of, like, I liked Pokemon, adventure games, more for kids whatever and then when halo happened suddenly i was like fps games are what i like and this yeah. is what i want <laughs> right and it's cool cuz now i like it. i feel like for the most part i like everything and that's i mean it's it's cool but it's also a problem because i want to play everything mm-hmm. and i can't so dead space i believe i purchased it in 2008 which was kind of weird because i didn't i wasn't able to buy as many games and inst- like within the first like few hours I was like I don't like this like this isn't this isn't actioning enough or something I, some, I fully believe that my I just did not want that type of game at the time that I played it so since then I've always wanted to go back but it really isn't a good way to do that I guess you know I heard the PC versions are, are pretty good so maybe yeah. that would be the best option but so to see them bring it back in either a revival uh a reboot or whatever that's awesome i would also hope that you know maybe they could do a little give it like the mass effect treatment maybe give the old one some a quick shine up put those out first and then the new one
1: yeah i, I wanted to put out one correction real quick before i uh, respond to what some of your thoughts uh july 22nd is the event date i thought it was 25th oh, 22nd okay. at 1 p.m eastern time So for those who want that information, it's there. Um, Yeah, so when it comes to to Dead Space, I I find it interesting that it's not a remaster because I thought that's what EA was going to kind of do, like bring back Mass Effect, bring back Dead Space, just see the interest level for it. Um, Legendary Edition did so well that I think EA is going to have some problems uh, moving forward just because there's going to be demand for bringing back Dragon Age. Uh, I think there's still even... I view it kind of like Metroid Dread where even though you're getting a new Metroid game, fans want the Prime Trilogy. They want Metroid remasters on Switch. So I feel like even if the reimagining looks cool, people are going to want the old games. I think probably the best way that you could experience them is either PC or Xbox back compat. I don't know if there's any upgrades to it. I know there isn't like FPS boost. Um, but that... Actually, is there... They did a bunch of EA Play games. I'll have to double check that as well. Um, but... For me personally man I mean, I I love the the plasma cutter it's the iconic oh, yeah. weapon just the, the picking apart of enemies is beyond satisfying it's more satisfying than it needs to be for the type of game it is and I I think that and there's so much personality I think almost accidentally baked into the game like Isaac screams and his stomps and you know like I said the plasma cutter the the uh, telekinesis there's just so much there that's occurring that makes sense in the, the minimal HUD because it's all attached to his spine and parts of his oh his yeah body. I'm curious to see what they do with it. Do you think this game is close by? I know we know very little, but what's your expectation of it? Do you think it's going to be a, hey, it's happening? Because EA Motive's last game was Squadrons, which right. I don't – was that last year, man? I don't, I don't
0: Yeah, remember. I think it was because I was on this show. When it mm. got released, yeah,
1: so and I think that was
0: year. maybe slightly earlier on in my my run, but un- unfortunately, Manny, I don't. My gut says it's not soon. Mm. My gut says that we are going to get a classic EA announcement. And I I shared this on Sacred Symbols, but I think it's worth pointing out that it will be like, you know, someone someone drawing uh, like yeah. a, a helmet that looks like Isaac on a Wacom tablet. Yeah. It shows like their their like studio space. There's a developer. It says like you know oh, uh, you know it's 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 a bit intimidating to to yeah. pick up <laughs> such a a fan favorite <laughs> franchise. We but want we're really treat excited. The
1: absolute best, you know. Right. We care.
0: It, it ends with like you know one sh- one rendered shot, you know of mm. like I- someone in an Isaac like armor or whatever, or it shows like like the deadbolt the the bolt cutter yeah, or whatever yeah. like just the one thing and that's how they end the show. That's yeah. that's what I would predict just because that you know Squadrons did come out mm-hmm.
1: pretty recently
0: which again it was a smaller game so maybe
1: they ended up doing more content for it. I think it can't be super far along. I'd love to be wrong by the way. I and mind you obviously Dustin and I are not EA experts in the sense of knowing their pattern. So if they have two teams at motive, which I imagine they do, um, I I, I am expecting the kind of prototype CGI EA trailer. Um, I think this has the potential to be a good show for EA though. I was saying on Twitter how for me, by the way, this would likely not excite everyone before me selfishly. I'm hearing, I'm hearing pretty confidently. We're going to see mass effect three multiplayer there which your boy's been clamoring for, made a whole so video online. Wait, Matty, are you,
0: are you going out and saying you know, you've know you got a source on this?
1: I do. I'm, oh, I've shit. I've heard it's a pretty good chance. Games journalist, pick this up. It's, uh, yeah, right. I don't know if it's <laughs> uh, EA Play is, is where it's going to be, but I would imagine that's a sensible place to reveal it. Um, and I think given that Mac Walters was, you know, just to publicly corroborate things, that he was already talking about, like, you know, looking into it, that doesn't just string together so elegantly as it looks publicly. Like, that's something they were already probably doing internally. Um, and and they wanted to see, of course, how it would go. They knew they could do it, is more to my point. Uh, so, I don't know when it's coming or anything, but I've heard there's a great chance. That's Those are the words that were, that were told me. It's a great chance it comes back. So, between that, of course, Dragon Age, uh, Dragon Age 4 update, and then Dead Space EA's got some quality stuff. You'd imagine there may be a Star Wars update in there somewhere. We know that they're working on some other Star Wars content, so they they might Dustin have a. I mean, for me, that would check a lot of the boxes on paper of like, wow, this could be one of the best shows of the summer. You know, depending on what we see, because I feel like Dragon Age has to be far along enough now, where far enough along, sorry, until for us to be able to see some sort of gameplay. I think the prototype think? trailers are are done, and the moving concept art trailers are done. I would like to see the game and get a true meaty trailer. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to this, man. Dead Space aside, I'm 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 genuinely looking forward to this. This certainly helps,
0: and surely you think that it would be time, you know, the big reveal last year was Skate. Yeah, so right. you think that there might be some? I've never. I think we talked about this, but I've never been big on. I don't know anything about skate. I never had that game growing up. Uh, oh. But people are into it. And mm. I like skateboarding. So I, I don't know if it was just because I think it came at a weird time because I grew up playing every Tony Hawk game. Yeah. And then I got at, you know, Tony Hawk kind of mm, soured out at the end. And then there was skate, which was supposed to be good, but I was kind of like, I don't want to play skateboarding games gotcha. anymore. And then, but it's supposed to be good, so I missed out. So it I'm excited really for the new good.
1: One. I, I, I'm one of the there are fans who would disagree with me. I think the first one's the best one. I think it's just the most Mm. pure skate game. You just, you're in an open city. You just ride around and the the camera's like close to your legs. And it's literally just skating. I love that about that game. Um, whereas like two and three, you can get off your boards. It's about these like big set pieces of, 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 crazy spots where, um, you can do this even in the first one, you can lay down a marker and just keep like retrying a spot and getting like the best trick there. And, um, two and three kind of built in that way more. Mm. I, when I went back to all of the skate games recently, funny enough, cause like I got my three sixty out and I, I also did through back and pat with a couple of buddies. Um, I tried these games and uh, I just, yeah, I think one just feels the best. So that'd be my suggestion, but tis just me. Who knows if we see more on that as well. I doubt it. That's, that was literally a, we're doing it kind of trailer. And, and that's it. Right. So that game will probably be like three, four more years out. All right, unless there's more to say, Dustin. Let's move on to some other news. Some
0: uh, conspiracy is that what's next?
1: Yeah, where we're talking about state of play. Okay. There was oh. a claim. Yeah, the conspiracy is after this. The, they're uh, kind
0: of they're they're
1: connected loosely. Yes, they are actually. It's a good point. So we could probably tie them together, but the rumor. Lately, and a claim from Zhu Video, is that July 8th, there will be a new state of play. Now, Dustin, closer, you know, your ears closer to the ground than myself when it comes to PlayStation things, I would say. We know that they went pretty quiet during E3. They did uh, Horizon Forbidden West before, showed off some nice-looking gameplay. It looks excellent. Very excited for that. Do you think July eighth sounds like a good time period for them to say, "Let's do our show. Let's let's show people what we're working on. Everyone's went. Now's our time." Yeah,
0: definitely. Because right. I mean, we already got a, a a semi very public leak on this when hmm. it wasn't a leak, but they revealed the Death Stranding director's cut trailer uh, at the at Summer Game Fest, and then Keeley. Goes and says, "Oh, there will be more info on this in the coming weeks," which to me just spells out this is this is they're going to show more at whatever PlayStation's doing in the coming weeks. And so, July eighth, that sounds like a great time to do it. A lot of people are like, "Oh, Sony, Sony didn't show up. Sony's not doing anything." I'm like, "No, they're not showing up at the same time as everyone else, but they're they have to show stuff. Like yeah. they gotta they gotta get ahead and like." Uh, you know, show what the rest of the year looks like, and maybe a little bit of what next year even looks like. I would hope to see I mean, hope to see a date on Horizon, at the very least since they are kind of, you know Herman Holtz came out and was like, we don't know if we're going to meet that date. It's like if you are yeah. planning on getting it out this year, you probably better figure it out pretty soon. But, and then in addition, I mean, we already know God of War was delayed, but Maybe they could give us a window for that. And then also Forza. Not Forza. <laughs> wow. Oh. Freudian slip. I mean, Forza uh is in my mind share more than this game. Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. Uh have you okay. This is non sequitur for a moment. I know that there's like a big battle. Of course it's like it's tied to consoles with Forza versus Gran Turismo. I hear people that are like, oh, Forza's way better than gran turismo and then there's people like gran turismo doesn't even you know forza doesn't even come close right I'm like i don't is this is this opinion or am i just hearing the wrong people
1: this is where carrick would be great right because he's he knows the ins and outs of some vehicles and he could probably touch on it in a much more in-depth way than i could but the way I see it is I view it almost from an exposure standpoint. Like, you had Motorsport and Gran Turismo, and you, you look at that and go, like, okay, these are both kind of hardcore racing games. Then Horizon comes along, and I think brings Forza to a new level because it's for people like myself who maybe aren't the deepest into racing games but do enjoy the very occasional one and put it in an open-world setting and and just make it a little more arcadey. And so you've got a lot more accessibility there while staying in touch with, you know, you can have the original controls from motorsport and kind of play it like that while also enjoying the fruits of open world activities. Right. Where Gran Turismo, I think, is almost the, I view it as the racing purist. Right. And the reason I say that is not from a mechanical standpoint, but, you know, we, we know uh, Poly Polyphony, I think, is their the developer who works on it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they take their time. They take years to make these games. And so my assumption is maybe that because they come out, there these finely crafted games. They've really taken their time. I think that appeals to a particular party where they, they look into every little detail that's there. So, yeah, there's this ongoing war. But I think it's pretty convincingly stated that Forza is the more dominant one. I, I, I try to pull myself out of the Xbox conversation with that and look more so at what did I hear a lot about? What was the go-to recommendation? And it was pretty consistently Forza. So right, that's what I hear, but that's no disrespect to Gran Turismo, which very well may be better than what Horizon 5 ends up being. Dude,
0: I feel like it's the meme... It's the meme of, like, uh, you know, there's the guy that's, like, crying. And he's like, no, you can't release a new racing game every other year. They're works of art. Yeah. And then the Forza guys are like, racing game, go <laughs> Like, <laughs> uh, that's it. You know, and it's like, you know, one or the other, whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's right. inaccurate. But anyway, state, uh, state of play. Something that's also interesting about this, Maddie, and this, you know, big companies, they file and refile trademarks or whatever all the time. There was a refiling of the name PlayStation Experience just recently. Mm. Now, some people are like, right, is PlayStation Experience going to be the name of their summer online event? Are they thinking about bringing back PlayStation Experience mm. later this year? Which let me tell you, Maddie, I'll be there. Like, no doubt. PSX, the best show I've ever gone to. Better awesome. than E3. I mean, E3 is exciting because of announcements, but, like, PSX was just, like, this awesome community feeling to it, which I'm sure they would have these at Xbox events. But when you when you zone in and you're less broad than, like, a PAX or an E3, it has a different, a different feel. And so, All man... Right. I, you never ended. You haven't gone to any PSXs, did you?
1: No, just PAX East and uh, QuakeCon and E3 are, are in my wheelhouse of convention experiences.
0: We got to get you. If they bring back PSX, we got to get you there because, man, it yeah. is a, a good, good time.
1: I would love to. You know, so do you think. I think it makes sense that it would be coming back. The reason I say that is just because Jeff Keighley already confirmed in his showcase for Summer Games Fest that. Uh, they would be doing an in-person thing for the game awards this year in December. Yeah. So, I think by September we'll we'll be in a, a good enough position pr- provided that's when does PlayStation Experience typically happen? Am I misremembering?
0: So, it used last time they did it, actually multiple times they did it during the same weekend as the game awards. Ooh. So, a couple of the I think okay. two of the years that me and the handsome phantom boys went to uh, PSX, we also went to the Game Awards because cool. Game Awards traditionally at the Microsoft Theater in L.A., which is where a lot of E3, they do their E3 stuff, Xbox. Um, and then PSX was in Anaheim, which is like 40 minutes-ish, depending on traffic, mm. from there. So,
1: Okay, then I misremembered it. Yeah, so then even more so, I think, deeper in the year, the more sense it makes for PSX to make a return. And it doesn't put pressure on them to say like they do a a state of play here that they would announce, they would feel like they had to announce that the showcase is coming back. Um, I think, yeah, I just, I'm excited to see what they're doing because right now outside of Gran Turismo, you don't, and of course, you know, Horizon, God of War are there, but they don't have dates on them. And beyond those, you don't know really what's next for PlayStation. You know, of course, they have these studios they're working with. They have these partnerships they're building. But as for exclusives, third or first party, you know, we have things announced like Forspoken is one. Um, but they haven't had these extensive looks where you can do right now what you can do with Xbox, which is kind of put stuff on the calendar and be like, boom, 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 this is when I'm going to be firing up the Xbox. You mm-hmm. don't quite have that right now with PlayStation. And I say this all the time because a lot of people were like, Xbox has had their best E3, You know this is dominant. You know PlayStation can't do anything. I said, hold on. Once PlayStation does their state of play and their response, if you will, you know the the script will be flipped. How much do you anticipate? How far do you along do you anticipate them going? Um, And by that I mean, do they start dipping their toes into? Here's what's coming in 2022, or do you see them more so just sticking with? Here's what the rest of our year and maybe the beginning of next year looks like.
0: PlayStation has changed in how they do things very clearly in a lot of ways Mm. and more and more really I mean since before PlayStation 5 came out uh, we've seen a very secretive PlayStation very secretive in fact it's like night and day from Xbox they're like we're working on Fable who the fuck knows when it's coming out we're working on Perfect Dark like Xbox has shown a lot of its hand and To some people, that's probably arguably a good thing early in a generation. Show everybody what's coming, and then they can make the decision if they want to buy the box or not. Yeah. Cool. Sony is operating very differently in that they they like the mystery. They like the fact that when they have something to say, they make it clear. They're like, hey, we are going to be doing a state of play. We have a presentation. Come see it. Mm -hmm. And... It's gotten even more different than before because I think it was before the PS5, like, the first few state of plays, people were like, oh, that was disappointing. It was, like, mostly indies and then, like, one thing. And I think they took that feedback because state of plays have changed in that some of them have been game-specific, which I think is good. It's, like, very upfront. This is about The Last of Us. This is about Ratchet & Clank. This is about Horizon. The last true state of play was the was it the ps5 no that wasn't even considered a state of play the ps5 reveal
1: yeah that was called the reveal event
0: the reveal event yeah so part of me wonders if what they're gonna do won't even be called state of play and maybe that's where that playstation experience title comes from maybe it's not a live event at all which would be disappointing but they probably they're maybe thinking like you know we can keep state of play as the interstitial thing for between that way people can use this language and terminology and have very clear expectations right right. which is something that other companies have not done very well as far as setting expectations so
1: yeah i go back and forth on the idea of these companies going back to public events because i just feel like it's got to be unless i don't know the true financials but i feel like saying let's host playstation experience and get people in a building and provide food drink announcements hire staff security all that stuff rent out the location i feel like as a business you're probably saving money through this pandemic by saying let's do it digital let's do these videos timed showcases i just wonder as we start to ease back into our normal lives if um we're going to see those types of events as often as we did you know I would get invited to to fly out to a place. Hey, try out this game, see if you like it. And as much as I appreciate that, and I would like to go back to that, like this year, it's already June. And I say this with no entitlement in my body, but right. I haven't previewed a single game. I haven't been invited to preview a game. Like there just hasn't been any. And companies have been allowed by the way, to be more secretive. We've seen people go ahead and defend these companies and say, like, well, what are they going to do? It's a pandemic. And I'm like, well, Parsec's a thing. We've been able to stream games. We've been able to preview them. And I don't mean to spin us off course here, but I'm more so saying that these companies have been enabled to hide more things and show when they're ready. And when they do, they don't have to put on this big, grand event and likely save more money. I'm wondering if PlayStation Experience, when it comes back, and when the industry starts to return to a sense of normalcy, if they go back to as normal as it once was which was like hey get on this plane come here you know check out all this stuff we're doing when they could just show a video to everyone online on what they're doing
0: that could be true because i do see you know a a lot of companies i mean probably looking at e3 this year and thinking that because the thing about e3 is that not only is there the cost of staff the cost of setting up your booth you know all of that but you also have to pay the esa a shit ton just to, for the space, the floor space. So yep. the thing, though, that I think that I don't know if Sony sees it this way, and it's hard because it's not quantifiable. You can't put a dollar amount or you can't put this stat out there. But, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: if you invite your most hardcore audience, a few thousand of them, to an event that I think PSX usually was, like, 60 bucks to go to. That's cool. So I pretty pretty cheap. For two days, and you invite them out. You put on a show. You have an awesome event with really neat stuff like PSX. They have like meta games where you can scan your ID badge and you unlock uh, avatars or themes for your oh, your. That's cool. So there's that, and in addition, every year they've done that. They've done it. There's cards that you collect. So if you go and you play the Persona 5 demo, which I waited three fucking hours for, and I don't regret <laughs> it. You got a cool Persona 5 co- collectible card. And Uh-oh. on the back, they say PlayStation. I have them downstairs. I wish I had them. I'll maybe show them next week or something. But uh, they're really, really cool. And, dude, they give you a gift bag when you get there. Mm. that had, like, a hat, a water bottle, a shirt, a poster. Like, they load you up if you go. Anyway, the point that I'm trying to get here is that when you butter up your fans, your most hardcore fans, they're willing to fly out, and then they tweet about it, they post on social media, uh, they post pictures, they make YouTube videos, then they go home and they're excited about all the games they played. They buy them, they tell their friends to buy them. So there's so, there's a it's an, an image aspect thing of, that
1: I'm, not, I'm yeah. not connecting with. Yeah, you're right. That's that makes yeah. sense. Yeah.
0: Now. I think I don't think it would work for everybody though. It's not like Bandai Namco can hold a uh, no <laughs> offense. I love Bandai Namco. I'm yeah, you know I'm very excited for for Tails, but I don't think it would work with them. And I it would maybe work for Xbox. Um, it definitely would work for Nintendo as well. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there's something that you can't quantify about that exactly cause it and just that's
1: very true. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know Xbox had the XO events. The last one they did was in 2019, and that's where they announced, like, "Hey, we're bringing Obsidian in exile there." And that's where, like, "Hey, get the most hardcore Xbox fans." And um, Nintendo almost has this weird cult thing with the Nintendo stores. Like, the, probably the most popular ones, the, the the New York City one, where if you look up Smash reveals with the Nintendo stores, you'll see people like watching this the directs in the storefront together and it's like these typically explosive reactions um they actually did uh the 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 joker one is probably the best one where they joker from persona 5 was revealed in smash and there were people at the nintendo store watching in new york city and it was incredible and so yeah i think there is an intangible there that i'm likely not connecting with i'm sure that there is money saved but it's almost money wisely spent if you can reward your fans in a way that emboldens them and makes them fight in the comment section of all tweets,
0: Maddie. I'll, like. I'll, I'll tell you that I can't stand when people are overly annoying at press events. <laughs> like there's that famous Bethesda event at E3, where there are people oh, yeah. freaking out. They're like, "Yeah, NPCs and in, in, in uh, Fallout, whatever." And it's like, "Yeah, dude." And it was so annoying, so obvious. Uh, when they announced Joker for Smash, that was at a Game Awards that I was at. Mm -hmm. And I audibly was like, holy shit. Like, (laughs) that was the one I I couldn't hold in because, damn, that was.
1: Yeah, dude, no one expected that. That was something. Yeah, that was wild. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with State of Play. I I, I anticipate them to give us a release date for Horizon when they do this. And at the bare minimum, lay out some of the stuff coming to PlayStation over the next number of months. And square away some deals. Like, here's some info on Forspoken. A window, perhaps. A date, maybe. Stuff along those lines. So it'll be exciting to see. All right, let's keep moving along here. Our next thing has to do with PlayStation. It's about Blue Box Dustin. So (laughs) I'm relying on you because I did track this thing. I did read about it. I know as, uh, once again, as one of the hosts of Sacred Symbols, I feel like you have the more informed, guided, uh, step-by-step through this. But I just want to start everyone off with the latest, which is now this app for Abandoned. This simple app, it seems like, has been delayed again. This time it's till August. Um, And there's been so many conspiracy theories surrounding this. So Dustin will get into the nitty-gritty. But pretty much what's happening is people are thinking this is a Kojima game. A Kojima Silent Hills game. So Dustin, if you'd like to take it away and give us as much or as little, because I know there's so much to cover with Abandoned.
0: Try to be as concise as possible. But let me tell you guys, get ready, because you're about to go down the fucking rabbit hole. Here we go. So... Blue Box Game Studios, uh, pretty unknown developer, not really well known and all, but they came onto the scene, or at least on a notable fashion, when on the PlayStation blog, their game got revealed. And let me just look real quick when this was. Uh, Back in April 7th, 2021, it says, Abandon, a cinematic survival sim hits ps5 later this year this is when we find out about uh blue box game studios and the director hassan karaman and so at that point not a lot of fanfare no one's thinking anything goes by there's a few people that are like something's kind of weird about this whole situation but it isn't until the blue box games twitter account tweets that They basically say this cryptic thing that's like, can anyone guess the real name of our game? It starts with S and ends with L. And so instantly this ignites something. Mm -hmm. People saying, is this Silent Hill? At the same time, Konami was teasing that uh, there would be new Silent Hill merch in their store. Hmm. Okay. A little bit of a coincidence there. This is when people start to dig. Okay. Okay. Let's go back to Hassan Karaman. People can't find anything about this guy. He... I mean, not very much. There's a LinkedIn page. And there is... A website that doesn't really have anything on it. And people are like, is this guy real? Who is he? And... Then, something particularly interesting happens. Hassan says that he is Turkish. Turkish. And his studio, Blue Box, is in the Netherlands. Which, by the way, so is Guerrilla Games in the Netherlands. Which mm-hmm. is where Kojima once said that he would be setting up a second studio in the Netherlands. Mm. Something to think about. People forget that part. Is If you go to Google Translate, you could do this right now. And you put from Japanese to Turkish. If you put the Japanese, uh, Hideo, and translate it, it translates to, uh, is it Karman or Hassan? I'm trying the to remember. Hassan. It tra- Hassan. Hassan. It directly translates. Yeah. Directly. So, that's when people were like, holy shit, something's really potentially going down here. When this really started to blow up, Blue Box then puts out tweets that's like, no, we're not associated with Kojima. We're not associated with Konami. Uh, we're just making our game. We've got a team of 50 people. Whatever. No one believes him. So, this is where I'm going to just try to hit the most important coincidences or facts about this game because I told you we're down, we are fully down the rabbit hole and it just keeps going. Jeff Keeley claims that he got a DM from Hassan asking to, you know, maybe do some promotion for the game. Jeff Keighley is asked about this on a Twitter thing. And he's fucking has this this grin on his face. He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah Hassan." Uh, Hassan has messaged me, which, by the way, he tweeted or he posted those messages on Reset Era. And he was like, "Oh yeah, I got this from Hassan today." Now, I'm trying to remember whether he said it was today or or recently, but the way that he talked about it, he lied because basically he shared a Twitter DM. And Twitter shows what, like, if it's today, like, I'm looking at a, a message from Maddie. And it says, Wednesday, 10, 19 p.m. That's when you last sent me a DM, a secret DM, by the way. Uh, what could that be? Oh. But, basically, it says Wednesday. When it comes the day of, it just has the time. His screenshot had the time on it. And he said, he said like, oh, I, this is the DM I got. Or something. It it didn't make sense. He was lying about it. That's that's the whole point. Yeah, right. So now, like, dude, this blue box guy, he's come out, he's made a video saying, like, hey, um, I'm Hassan, I wanted to make this video, we're working on this game. Uh you know, which is fine. Like, okay, he's a real guy. Develop or people have interviewed him, uh, specifically Jason Schreier did an interview with him. But this is where things also don't make sense. And this is probably where we can kind of try to nicely wrap this up. Okay. Is Blue Box Games did have a small history. In 2015, they had a Kickstarter where they got $200 and it failed. Mm. Okay? So some people are like, oh, no, it can't be real because this company had a failed Kickstarter. So, why would Sony prop up a studio That has had a failed Kickstarter. And by the way, also part of this weirdness is that they're working with uh, a team called Noir, I believe. Let me double check that. But basically, this is like a support studio that works on huge games. If you go to uh, Noir, yeah, that's the name. N-U-A-R-E. If you go to their website, they've worked on Halo Infinite. They've worked on Elder Scrolls Online. They worked on Death Stranding. And they are supporting Blue Box on this game. A company that had a failed Kickstarter. $200 raised. And Sony's backing this. And by the way, you mentioned the app. The whole app situation is that they were going to release an app that was supposed to be like a preview or a trailer. Like an in-engine trailer. Right. It's like no one's done that in years. Especially some low-level Indie
1: sounds like PT almost. One last thing, Maddie,
0: that I just discovered last night that we didn't talk about on Sacred Symbols. There we go.
1: Exclusive scoop here. Here we go.
0: Exclusive. Well, this is exclusive. People have discovered this. I didn't discover this. But if you go to this PlayStation blog post uh, where Abandon was revealed, you can watch this little trailer that has a weird voiceover, or whatever. Maddie, this trailer was made with assets you can buy. From the Epic store for $30. Mm. Someone lined it up. And was like oh shit. This is this asset pack. So you're telling me Sony. Is supporting an asset flip. That's.
1: <sighs> yeah. That'd be a big endless... misread if they were.
0: Here's the thing. and It may not be Kojima. Which oh, dude. The rabbit hole keeps going. That noir uh, support team followed like 600 accounts. Within the last few days they unfollowed most people. They only follow 11. Guess who's one of the 11? Kojima and Blue Box. Yeah. Seems a little intentional.
1: And I want to just add in there that Konami followed Kojima. which was Konami followed Kojima. Very interesting to see indeed because of their history where perhaps they're lending out the IP which was before all of this a rumor too might I add that Konami was licensing out IP. So, and there's the
0: rumor mm. about Bloober Team working on Silent Hill, but that God might be... please, no. Dude, I <laughs> I heard that... I heard that... Um, I don't... This isn't like I heard from a verifiable source. I mean, I've heard rumors that mm. I cannot verify that there may be two Silent Hill games in production, a Western one and a more traditional, mm. and Bloober Team is making the, the new
1: version. Interesting.
0: I hope that's not true,
1: but I do too. I, I don't think the team's really very good at all. If I'm honest, no,
0: no. Um, so it's a wow. weird wild ride. And what's weird now is that people are getting defensive. Like, Oh, uh, this conspiracy needs to end. Hassan is just trying and, and blue box is just trying to make their game. Mm. The, the, you know, the, the conspiracies have gotten out of control. And I, I don't give any weight to that because this could be stopped.
1: Okay, yeah, this could be stopped. could just say something.
0: Dude, if, if dude, PlayStation, they're working, partnering with them in some sense. They put them up on the PlayStation blog. They could say something. Kojima could say something. Be like, no, guys, leave Hassan alone. You know, mm. but they haven't done that. And yeah. at this point, if it's not something that it isn't, this is going to be so bad for those guys. Like they will receive endless hate. It's wrong. You should not do that. But we got to look at the facts of how these things play out. Yep. I've talked well enough. Maddie, what do you think of all of this? Just from hearing a lot of this dude. And that's the thing. There are other things I haven't even, that I didn't touch on. It's hard to remember all of it. To be So honest.
1: yeah, right. It's, what's interesting is I would say it's like, Oh my God, Dustin didn't shut up. But you actually, I was watching the clock. You went on for, that rabbit hole is so deep, that was a 10-minute straight break. Holy it, shit. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, not at all. I think it was actually really interesting. And what's great is I can add to this because now there's an Xbox angle that's been thrown into the mix. So Xbox hires a lead designer uh, for, for Portal and Left 4 Dead, Kim Swift, and she is going to lead the development of Cloud Gaming, uh, for Xbox and, and help them create games in the cloud. So examples of this, we talked about this on Defining Duke, but for those who don't listen, um, Crackdown 3 utilized cloud computing to do real-time environmental destruction. Um, we saw it with, really more recently, uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, where they use Bing Maps to render out realistic buildings and, and accurately recreate the entire world itself. Um, so we see Cloud bringing these games to a new level, um, and she's going to be leading stuff like that. Part of a Jeff Grubb report was that Kojima is working on a cloud game and that the hiring of Kim Swift was to ensure Kojima would make this game for Xbox. So what's happening here is I think there's enough legs to buy into the blue blocks theory of, hey, you know, this is this is Kojima. I think there's enough room to suggest that Kojima is reputable enough to say I'm going to executive produce a Silent Hill game and work on a game for the cloud for Xbox. I think he sure. could – I really think he could muscle both of those because I don't see – with the way the relationship went with Death Stranding and, and PlayStation always looking like heroes and extracting Kojima and helping him make the game he wanted to make, and even if it wasn't incredible top tier, everyone loved it. He got to make what he wanted to make. I don't think he suddenly forgets that and goes to Xbox. But I'm sure if Xbox is like, here's money, here's an opportunity, and we're going to back your idea, and we're going to hire people for that, I think you could make an argument that he would want to do that while helping PlayStation out with their next big exclusive, which could be Silent Hill. So what's interesting is there is this this angle on the Xbox side of things with Kojima that, that isn't recent either. Around the same time we heard about Konami IP being licensed out, was the same time we heard that Kojima was working on some type of game for Xbox. And it was based off, funny enough, it goes down its own rabbit hole of speculation on things on Phil Spencer's shelf, which were reportedly intentional, one of them being a Death Stranding Luden statue. So it's it's really, really interesting to see where this is all going to shake out. And what's going to happen, I think, is one of these games most likely, I think, Abandoned um, or Silent Hill will be announced first and they'll say well that's it xbox and kojima aren't working together and then when that's announced it's going to be this whoa moment he's doing both um which once again i i feel confident enough that he could swing both of these and and do both of them in some capacity not from a workflow standpoint but just you know these these companies sort of present the idea of of you must stay in in bed with us and right i think not to glorify them but i do think xbox would be the one who's like cool enough with saying hey Go do your PlayStation thing. We just want you here doing your thing as well. Um, And I believe the whole cloud gaming thing with Kojima because he sounds like the type of guy who would be able to put together this wild game that would be only done through cloud computing. Uh, He just is a visionary like that, even if I'm not in love with everything he does. So this rabbit hole is indeed deep, much deeper on the PlayStation side of things. But it, of course, taps into Xbox. And so I just wanted to talk about it a little bit, of course, because... Yeah, I woke up today and saw, well, the app's been delayed now until August. And what was interesting is, of course, we're not full-on game developers. I have a little bit of experience, but not on an internal level of a studio and stuff. Where it was supposed to release today. And Hassan, Hideo, whoever, makes a video saying, Hey, guys, we're delaying it till uh, August. And his reasoning was the localization wasn't quite there, which is something you know well ahead of time. He said it's looking very buggy, something you will know very much well ahead of time. So I'm looking at this from the angle of stuff that he's saying they're realizing now that they needed to delay the app were very apparent before. Like, even if you said a couple days before. So they're stringing people along here for better or for worse, Dustin. And I found that development a little strange because August, that's not close, man.
0: (laughs) Well... In addition to that too, Maddie, is that it was supposed to come out originally on Tuesday. And they delayed it to Friday. That. So it's like initially you thought you only needed a few more days. Mm. And now you need a few more months. Mm-hmm. Come on.
1: Yeah, something's up with that, right? Something's up with that. And maybe with this this July state of play, it's possible that we see the confirmation there and they just wipe away the conspiracy right then and there and don't make people wait till august because i think there's a degree of like you know the interest is high the anticipation is high if you pull something july 8th like it's reported then yeah i think i i anticipate people would be pretty excited by that point but if nothing happens then and you got to wait till august there might be that frustrating relief of like thank god it's about fucking time right like not the excitement that maybe people wanted
0: yeah Hmm. i don't know dude the, it's funny too, just because I mean, based on this whole situation, like, there's a Reddit, a subreddit called Blue Box Conspiracy, <laughs> and dude, I'm, dude, I love conspiracy theories, even if they're just completely insane and stupid. Right. I just find them entertaining. Like, there's a theory <laughs> that has to do with that. So Hassan and the guy from Noir, whatever studio, they're both wearing black shirts, oh, no. and Kojima. Was wearing a black shirt when he posted within that time frame of those all of those. Now, Hassan is wearing a white shirt in his new video or white sweater. So the question is, will Kojima follow up with the white shirt?
1: No, it's way. like come this, on, it's uh, I know it. Oh my god, that's ridiculous. I love it, but that's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> There's so much ridiculous stuff on this subreddit. I mean, some of it is like a little like maybe. maybe yeah, something we're in, here, the, but...
1: in, the, in the stage of plausibility where anything that lines up is is, is something that could add more more fuel to the fire. I yeah. love it though. Oh, it's, yeah. it's really cool to see. So that's the latest on abandoned and what's happening with the app. We hope you found that roundup informative. Thank you, Dustin, for providing us with the step-by-step. That was much appreciated.
0: I totally did not realize I talked for 10 minutes. I almost feel bad, a little bad no, about no, no, it now.
1: No. Dude, dude, how often do I, I, th- I get self-conscious <laughs> when I podcast. Cause I very frequently will talk for like five minutes straight. Cause I'll lead from topic yeah. to topic. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm probably the most annoying guy to listen to on the web right now uh so do not apologize at all if anything you did something i do often uh all right so let's get into our last bit of news and then we'll do patron questions uh i want to talk a little bit about some of the latest xbox news of course uh we'll have a video on this dedicated to it because uh i think it's relevant and it's updates from phil spencer himself after e3 which we hadn't seen and uh, so he guested on a show called drop frames it was a podcast uh he talked about killer instinct he talked about halo he also talked a little bit about fable which we're not going to get into because I think it's less important. Uh, but on the Halo front, he gave us a, a release date window update, or rather supportive information for their decision. Because, um, of course, as we all know, one of the lingering question marks for Halo Infinite is, when is this game coming? Because everything else got dated. Halo did not. Halo got windowed. So he explained, surprisingly in a transparent way, saying that they have a couple of week window that they they know they'll drop it but they're waiting to see what other games are doing. And they're also waiting to make sure that they don't commit to a week and then need to delay it an extra week. Um, So they want to nail it, which I think is important. They said they're very confident about the holiday period. But like I said, what what I thought was cool is the shocking transparency of we're seeing what other games are doing. So they're waiting for call of duty. I'd imagine. Um, Yeah. They're they're waiting to see what COD's doing. Uh, They already know where battlefield lands. And so I think Halo wants to go last. You're free to play. You're an easy buy-in. I think they want to go last. I don't think you want to go in between. Um, so I'm thinking they're they're likely looking at late November um, instead, is, It would be my guess, uh, as Call of Duty likes its October or early November release windows. On the Killer Instinct front, they said that uh, it's not a lack of desire on their part, that they haven't done a new Killer Instinct game. They're just looking for the right team, and that this is something that they'd love to do, and they've talked about it. It's just about finding the right opportunity with the right team. So... You could expect a Killer Instinct game within the next number of years maybe if they find the partner, um, which I found really exciting because I think Killer Instinct is one of the best launch games of all time. I really, really, really like the Xbox One um, and now Series X Killer Instinct game. Um, What's interesting is that they started off with, I believe it was Double Helix and then moved on to Iron Galaxy. And so – now Killer Instinct is it's been updated. It's on they added like story content, arcade stuff, new characters like Arbiter, they added uh, Pimple or whatever from from Battletoads. Uh they Oh yeah. they've done so much great work on it and people are hungry for a new fighter on Xbox and I'm glad that they recognize this because of course it's probably the most vacant position in their portfolio of of titles. Um but Dustin, what do you make of, of some of the updates uh, between Halo and and Killer Instinct if you have any thoughts on them?
0: Yeah. I uh, I think it's smart. It's I don't know. I'm kind of have two feelings about it. Like it is smart to wait to like finalize and make sure that when you say the date you mean it. Right. But with the situation with Halo, it's almost like it. It the first thing that all of us said, whether it's Defining Duke, Ham Radio, this show, and others, is like, ooh, that doesn't feel confident. Mm-hmm. You dated Starfield. Yeah, and not Halo, and Halo is supposed to come out this year. So, which I think that just lends to my theory that that Starfield, they're just like, I have a theory that that game is pretty much done, and that
1: I know they're we've, like, we've heard in some why? reports it's not, but I just yeah, I, I mean I know they started, I know they said it, but I know they started work after Fallout Force DLC in 2016, and now they're saying in interviews like, oh, it was 2017 we started, dude four years, that's a full development cycle and they're taking another year. I think it's, I think it's going to be, I'm thinking they're going for a flip the script moment. I i think it's got to be closer to done than a lot. My
0: theory have. is that before they got bought, they were planning to release it this year, but then they got bought and they got to think about the entire Xbox lineup. And another thing happened called cyberpunk. And so mm. they're like, why would we release it the same year comp- and have it compete with Halo? Even though they are different types of game, it's still like we've got our flagship game. Yep. Why do that when we could just let it let it bake a little longer and have this thing not... not we, They don't want a whiff of comparison to Cyberpunk.
1: Not at so, all. You want to blow it out of the water and say, this is what it should have been, if anything.
0: Yeah, you want Todd Howard to say, look who's laughing now. Yeah. That's what you want. Yeah, that exactly. You really want
1: that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> so... But uh, as far as Halo, man, um, more and more, I'm feeling confident that it is coming out this year. Mm-hmm. That it's initially, I was like, "Ooh, are they going to delay that again?" Mm-hmm. But I feel like more and more so now that I, it will come out this year. And you know, the more time that goes by, the more I'm like, "Man, this game, I think it's going to be good. I think the multiplayer, at the very least, is going to be good." From I feel everything, pretty that...
1: good about it too. I agree. Yeah,
0: I hope so. I really, really hope so. Sam, um
1: dude because the other thing is like i remember i feel like i've been robbed of the i say it's on a content creation standpoint i feel like i've been robbed of the the moments where you look at a game from the outside like i remember fallout 76 when i was just like strictly in a bethesda click and you know you you have all these guys who are getting around saying like man you know we could stream this together this would be a really good time i foresee like halo infinite me you chris just getting together firing up the stream playing like i like i would love that to be a thing provided the game is good. And so yeah. I w- I want it to succeed on a selfish front from there, but I also to feel pretty good about it.
0: For sure. I they need it. They do. I mean, Xbox will be fine I think if Halo is bad. 343 is is done if this game sucks. <laughs> like yeah. I think that they would they would shut them down or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it's think they'd
1: to... shut them down, but I I do that's the thing, right? As I feel like they don't want to find out what they need to do. I feel like that's almost a undiscussed part of the game is what what if this is bad like Halo 5? I feel like I genuinely believe they haven't even covered that because they don't even want to go there, right? Because you don't I don't think you shut them down. You spent so many years building them up. They are the Halo Studio. I don't know who else would take it. I think it makes a totally different type of shooter, so you can't just pass it off to them and you don't want to disrupt doom, which is fantastic. Right. Although I would like to see Id Tech do a, a Halo spinoff, that would be awesome. Um, yeah. With that said, I don't know if they shut them down, but you got to do something. Like, Coalition's apparently helping make Halo Infinite now. Like, they're helping Whoa. work along on that. Um, that's by the way from a report I saw separately. But uh, yeah, like they're they're helping. So there are other developers involved beyond 343 now. Uh, so. I don't know what you do if, if this game stumbles and falls. My real big fear is, uh, we talked about this on Duke Ultimate with Chris, is we know it's going to be an evolving game. They're going to keep it around for years and years. I worry that they don't complete this story and take a very Destiny-like approach to it and see it when we see it for the ending. Um, and Or almost a Halo 5. like It ends when it begins. Uh, That is incredibly frustrating so i can't help but look at that and 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 be a little worried on that front uh but other than that i feel i feel pretty good about the game and i hope they commit to a date sooner rather than later because i feel like halo it doesn't show confidence to me that you're worried about what cod's doing halo is big enough it may not be as big of a seller but it's big enough to compete with call of duty and especially if you're free you you will if i can say it, i imagine they know like they will be fine so I don't know why they don't go for it.
0: And it sounds like, too, that this year's Call of Duty is going to be duty, you might say, mm. from what, I've, what it sounds really like, based any, on some of the rumors. And, it, right? Yeah, which initially, that raised some red flags for me, but some people, I think it was on my stream, pointed out that this time last year, we didn't know about Cold War. Mm. so
1: I ended up really liking that, so...
0: Yeah. But this is Sledgehammer, um.
1: Yeah, I already don't have confidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, so. I don't like sledgehammer Call of Duty at all. Yeah. World World War II was okay, but yeah, I have like zero. It's interesting, man. I have like zero. It's funny because I sung the praises of the Cold War campaign, and I still will, I still do. But I, I have no enthusiasm in my body for Call of Duty because just right now, it's it's. It's just not appealing. And that's why I think like Halo just needs to step out and be like, We're releasing this day. You gotta work around us. Like it doesn't show me confidence in your game that you want to work around Call of Duty. Um but beyond that, um do you have anything to say on, on Killer Instinct as well? Have you have you played this game before or interested in? Never played it.
0: Oh. Never played it. Um I always was curious, I'm glad you brought up about uh Iron Galaxy doing the primary development on that, I'm assuming, just because rare Rare's name is attached, but I'm wondering what they actually really did.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know the full ins and outs of it. I just know those were the two, Double Helix and and, and uh, Iron Galaxy. I know those were the two primaries, but I don't know what Rare did other than a supporting role, I would imagine.
0: Right. Man, Rare must be, not to open up a whole new can of worms, but I'm, I'm so curious about what they're doing because mm-hmm. with Sea of Thieves being huge now, it's yeah. it's easy to forget that, but I mean it's like one of the top sellers on Steam, one of the top Game Pass games, huge on Twitch, and now this Pirates of the Caribbean stuff is huge, and they had to reboot Everwild, which I thought Everwild kind of looked. Yeah, I haven't well, I haven't watched that trailer since that E3, but I remember thinking that seemed a little. How about this? Not generic, but a little generic for rare. Hmm. So. I'm wondering what's going on in that studio. They have a weird mix of success and uncertainty at the same time.
1: Yeah, and I think what a lot of people want from Rare, from what I gauge, is is just go back, go go back and do a banjo game or something like that. You know, there's just uh, a demand for that. And we actually had a write-in on Defining Duke of just like, hey, Maddie, what if they brought back banjo? What would that look like? And I said, a lot of these companies just overthink it. Like, just bring back Banjo, man. Like, you don't need to... You know, because you look at what happened with Crash and Trilogy, it's like, just bring it back. Um, Of course, we have Rare Replay, which does bring it back. But I'm saying, if you remade it, like, Final Fantasy VII Remake reinvents the formula a little bit more um, than your traditional remake, I feel. But I think people, if they got like, a 3D... If they got a Mario Odyssey-like Banjo-Kazooie game... I...
0: they don't even need to do that. I think you said like you said it, a remake. Just remake Banjo 1 and Banjo 2 mm-hmm. and then just give it the crash treatment. You get both. And that's it. That's all they need to do. And from that point if it sells well, then they can give uh Banjo it's 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 Odyssey moment or whatever. I don't know right. if Rare's I know what you mean though. I'm, I I you weren't saying a quality of of Odyssey. I was going to say I don't know if Rare's capable
1: of that anymore, but I know what you mean. Yeah, you know, I I just feel like that 2D, 2.5D, 3D, and that mixture of just like doing crazy fun stuff would be would be good for 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 the banjo series. Um, yeah. But beyond that, my friend, um, I have nothing more to say, and I'm hoping for more Killer Instinct. So, shall we get into the patron questions?
0: Let's do it, dude.
1: All right, cool. Let me wow, a story here. Yeah, right. First we got one so one. many. Who's the first one? I had like pen and pant up, I think.
0: Pen and pant is is the first one I see.
1: Okay, cool. That's what I have as well. All right. Let me go ahead and, and bring it up. Uh Oh, of course it resets. Give me one sec. Here we are. What up, Wham Ham? My next story about working with children is my most notorious. The orange belt story. Oh, my. Hold on. Let me bring my iPad a little closer here. On a normal weekday in September 2020, I found myself watching over six kids in a classroom. Since we're all in pandemic mode, all the kids were in class on their computers. So my job revolved around hourly cleaning and making sure the kids aren't playing games and are focusing. One of the six kids, we'll call him Johnny, constantly gets up to take water breaks to avoid being in class. That is a scary flashback to myself. I've known him for around two years, and he's a genuinely good, kind kid. He's kind of a big kid, so he takes his sweet time doing his signature walk over to his cubby where his water is. It's a routine at this point. On this day, around 9 a.m. or so, he asks to go to the bathroom. My co-worker gets up to take him to the bathroom. Being a little annoyed about him trying to duck class, I decide to chirp him a little, i.e. teasing as he's walking out. Always got to use the bathroom, eh, Johnny? At this moment, I hear the squeak of the shoes as he stops in his tracks. He turns around and walks over to my table I'm sitting at, Puts his hand on my clipboard like Michael fucking Corleone and says, I'm going to be an Orange Belt soon. You better watch it. He walks out of the room. I'm just sitting there questioning what the fuck just happened. (laughs) I snap out of it and realize that this kid actually said that shit to me and just busted out laughing for a good three minutes. Um, Since Carrick does martial arts, I thought he'd find that funny. P.S. I found out a month later the kid was a white belt and quit karate. And it forgot my question, but what's the craziest situation where you froze in a did-that-just-fucking-happen moment? That is... Wow, dude. Dude,
0: Okay, here's the thing, though. Okay, (laughs) if you are anything but a black belt, do not use your belt as a as a card that you can lay on on the table and be like, "Huh, I'm a purple belt, bro." Yeah, yeah. That's
1: that's a dangerous game to play. That's a very quick way to get your (laughs) ass kicked. Have you had a moment like this? Like, did, did that just fucking happen? I mean, I feel like we've all had that moment. I had to. I have to I have a couple I think of um I think of when I was at a Rangers playoff game in in 2013 as uh, most of the people who watch my show likely know I'm not like I'm not I'm a pretty tame guy um I'm excited but when I say tame I mean like I'm not violent I'm not negative uh so I'm walking out uh you know Rangers just beat the Flyers I had a couple of beers in me but I was I was fine for the most part and some flyers fan gets in my face for no reason and so immediately I'm um, normally I think and I go how do I maneuver this I just shove the guy I shove the guy on his ass cuz he's just in my face and he gets up and starts walking towards me someone pulls him back and I walk away like nothing happened like I didn't even care and that was my did that just fucking happen moment cuz I'm like did I really just shove a dude on his ass and then walk away like an anime character, like I don't even care, like you are not going to do anything to me. Like I, he could have absolutely sucker punched me. By the way, knocked me out, and I was on the floor cold at MSG. That absolutely could have happened. It was a likely possibility. Like, I think there was a fifty-fifty chance that happened, but that was crazy to me on level of I, I reached I reached deep within and had no idea I was capable of this, but I was. Um, so that would be that would be one of my situations that that I immediately thought of. Do you do you have something? along these lines, it's hard to compete with pen and pant here, but
0: yeah, I'm trying to think of moments of like pure badass. Um <laughs> I, I don't know it if it badass. lives up. Okay. I will. I don't know if this person would want to be named Uh someone involved in the ecosystem of HP. We'll say of Hansa phantom is so we get invited at PAX every year to a Acer. The computer company puts on a party. Every year. Okay. And we go because they usually have like a cool DJ. And because as press, this is where, you know, they talk about buttering up press and stuff. You get invited to go early. There's an open bar. And then when, when they let everyone else in, you're exclusively allowed upstairs where there's more open bar. So we just like, we're like, well, fuck. Yeah. We're going to go have a good time. Enjoy some free Drinks. I've never bought an Acer product. Uh, this is not a sponsorship, but I still have like they give you mouse pads, so I have this mouse pad here, and I have like a hoodie or whatever. Um, it's just funny. I, I don't know. Maybe their 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 scheme doesn't work because I don't. I don't know. I just yeah, right. You, you walk I'll, away. I'll, like I drink I got their free drinks. drinks, and I'm like, thanks for the mouse pad. Um, but so we were up there, and the what the one club they had you you had like, there was like booths. Mm -hmm. And so we had our own little booth claimed. They didn't give it to us, but we like claimed this is the HP booth. Some, at some point throughout the night, these two dudes show up and they're standing there and they're kind of looking around awkwardly. And we're like, this is who are these guys? And so our one friend goes up to these guys like, Oh, Hey, what's up guys? Like, Hey, he's like pretty cool party. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. Mm He's like, who's, uh, what outlet are you with? And they're like, oh, uh, we're not with an outlet. We just, uh, you know, we just came up here. They were just the normal. And he's like, oh, then, uh, why don't you get the fuck out of our booth then? Wow. And these dudes were like, huh? And then they, they like, scurried away. So it's just, I don't know. Maybe it feels douchey, but, um. Wait, you, know, you take them out that way? No, that wasn't me. That was my friend. Oh. It was our friend that did that. It was like, hey, why don't you get the fuck out then?
1: Oh my! Um,
0: god. <laughs> and kicked him out of our little handsome phantom booth area. <laughs> so, oh my god, man, that's great. <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty badass. But
1: I do have one maybe in not. Ma- oh sorry. Oh good.
0: I was just gonna say maybe not rightful. I mean, those guys shouldn't have been up there if they were, you know, not supposed to be there. But we also didn't have ownership of that booth. I think our friend was just a little drunk and was. And That's was, a, like, trying to be somewhat funny to us there. And uh, so, right. yeah, there you go.
1: I have a PAX East story. This is this is yes. a, Did That Just Happen? It involves one of my friends. And, by the way, I want to make it clear, in case the people who I met there listen, that this ends with me saying, did that really just fucking happen to my friend uh, because of something he did. So – this is, like, the first time I went to PAX East. I forgot what year it was. I want to say it was 2014. And I'd never met viewers before. It was my first convention, actually, outside of New York Comic Con. And I'm, you know, walking around. I'm like, all right, let's see if I can meet some of my viewers. So I put out a tweet, meet a couple guys, really cool guys. Um, and we agree, like, let's meet up later to to play some games. And so, um, you know, later that night, we, we meet up. We're playing, like, uh, PAX, for those who don't know, has this room, this retro game room where you can just play any game on any console. It's really cool. It gets people together. Uh, so we meet them there. <clears throat> so it's me, two of my good buddies, and and these two people who watch my channel. And uh, we get together. We start playing games. And as we're playing, Dustin, it starts to smell. Uh-oh. It starts to smell smell like shit, right? And oh, I'm just no. like, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, I peel off, I like grab a game, buddy of mine walks to me at the table, he's like, dude, what the fuck's that smell? I'm just like, you know, I toss my hands, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, man. So, you know, each oh. time I peel away, you know, one of my friends tags along, you know, what the fuck's that smell? We're Like, I don't know, maybe it's people in the room, it could be them, I don't know. So anyway, cool guys, play our games, played some Tony Hawk, played some, some fighters. Actually, I think we played the original Killer Instinct, it was really fun nice you know it just keeps smelling though dustin it smells like shit and i'm like what the you know whole time my friends are just like dude they they smelled i'm like i don't i don't know what to say like i don't you know no i don't i'm like all right sure whatever so we go back to our hotel room we get into the safety of the hotel my friend admits now he's like i was totally scapegoating them that was me the whole time and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh no! I was like, are you serious? Bro? I was like, dude, you you literally pinned this on people who I met for the first time ever and, and pulled me over. Like, dude, what's that smell? Like, they were fucking with me the whole time. Whole was time. he just ripping ass, or did he shit his pants? No, he was ripping ass the whole time, whole time, man. Because he he had a pizza. It was a. I think he said that his his claim was that if I have pizza with onions on them, it's bad for me. No one mm. knew this. Because we had, like, a chicken bacon ranch with onions pizza. It was delicious, by the way. It was in that hole-in-the-wall place that you and I talk about. I forgot what it was called. Um, in... Oh, dude. Oh. Yeah, that place. I don't yeah, remember what it's yeah. called either. The the place that the door was a shower curtain. <laughs> yeah. That was the entranceway to it. Um, And so we got pizza there. And apparently he was just fucking tearing it up the whole time in the room. And he blamed Damn. the people. He blamed it, dude. Who, yeah. I was how like, rude yeah i know right i was like dude you're awful i was like how could you do that you were you were coloring the perception like you know one of my other buddies was there and he was like damn man that was pretty rough on huh? i'm just like yeah, you know it happens whatever i'm trying to be nice about it whatever and, and then i find out it was the guy who i was fucking staying there with the whole time so dude um you reminded
0: me of the pax one and then we'll, one so was a week in each present too this one was more just like uh actually i have video footage of this i never released it um, two instances at, at PAX where we were filming videos, and one time I was behind the camera with headphones on, filming Ben and a developer, and someone came up and tapped me on the shoulder and was like, hey, I see you're filming a video, we were wondering if you would come and check out our game and cover it. I'm like, Ugh. I'm, this is like mid-interview with Ben, yeah. someone interviewing someone, I'm behind, uh. I'm like, I'm like, can you talk to me another time? I was like... Yeah are you serious right now? Like, and then as soon as we walked away, I'm like, there's no fucking way we're, I don't care if this is like, you know, the next, you know, whatever we're not, we're not covering it. And then dude, we were, uh, me and Sabrina, uh, one of our editors at the time, were doing a video and some guy, I think he was drunk. He was like, Hey, high five or like fist bump while we were filming. And I was like, dude, dude, you know, you know me, Matty. I'm not. Yeah. Well, maybe we've never been out and about in public together, but I'm like, I'm not the type. I'm not the type to yell at anybody. Mm-hmm. I let people, you know, if someone says you could have held the fucking door at, to me at Walmart, I'm just going to scurry away. And that's that's my type. We're I was like, dude, I was like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Can't you tell that we're trying to do something? Yeah. And the dude, he had to have been on something. He was just like, <laughs> you don't want a <laughs> fist bump? I was like, no, yeah, no, leave. now, leave. I literally thought I was like, dude, you gotta go, leave. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm trying to do a video about Genshin Impact right now. <laughs> this is before Genshin. That was the video we were trying to do. Damn. I wonder Genshin if Genshin you. Impact. Okay, for the audience, check out on Handsome Phantom's YouTube channel the Genshin Impact preview from PAX. I'm wondering if you can visibly tell that I'm annoyed during it because it, we had to restart. <laughs> damn dude yeah okay so yeah,
1: that's... i suck at hiding my demeanor so if i'm in a shitty mood like you can tell which yeah. is why i'm proud of my channel because i'm pretty authentically excited but like i i fucking dude yeah i i know what you mean like you i want to go find that video because i'm sure you're sitting there kind of with that like there was almost a weight pulling down your face a little bit you're like this fucking sucks I'm bothered yeah that's a great dude story. I, I was i was so annoyed just
0: because it's like dude i'm trying to Mm-hmm. I'm trying to work here, here so, at Manny. Yeah. I'll put the link to you. You can watch it after. Oh, beautiful.
1: I, uh, it, not to, to tell another story, but it does remind me of E3 real quickly where we would see me and my friends were, were recording impressions for, I think it was Elder Scrolls blades. And we posted up in a pretty quiet area by Bethesda's booth and people would just stop walking through the convention center in a quiet area, by the way, and watch us and just watch us. Talk, and I'm like, don't you got somewhere to be man like what are you doing well, like I don't care because I don't really crumble under that pressure my buddy Brian who is there with me he's never really been on camera so he was fucking nervous and I'm like Dude, these guys are just like stopping and, and like fucking watching us and I'm like what do you what do you get from this unless you recognize me which they didn't so you know it didn't really make sense but anyway Great question, pen and pant. Let's move on to Brandon Stark, who has just a write-in to uh, say howdy, gents. No question this week. But after finding out after Carrick's hopefully short departure, I'd like to see some Fs in the chat. F, and which was followed up by Aikigaya, who had an F, him or herself. Sean Mason's up next. Hey, sexy boys. A week and a half into my summer vacation, I'm enjoying myself immensely. I'm catching up on gaming, reading, and TV backlog. Not once have I felt bored. With that said, on Saturday, while waiting to get my haircut, I received four text messages from colleagues talking about how bored they already are. This baffled me. In the year 2021, with the amount of entertainment options anyone can have available, uh, how can they be bored? Hell, even if you don't like to game, read, or watch TV slash movies, there's an abundance of other activities to do. So my question, do you find it weird when people say they're bored? Best, Sean M. Hmm. I
0: never thought of this. Uh, I used to get bored and now I don't. I'm never bored now. And I think it has to do with this isn't healthy. Um <laughs> but my problem now is that sometimes if I'm if I'm doing nothing, if I feel bored, I feel guilty. I'm like you could be doing XYZ for your work or your job or you could be doing this around the house or you could be mm-hmm. So it's like I don't I don't get bored out of guilt now. And sometimes it's good to be bored and doing nothing. So it's a problem with me. What about you, Matty? Uh
1: man, I, I, I have been bored of entertainment options. Actually, funny enough, last night we were playing mansions of madness and we did the most boring campaign in a, in a board game I've seen. Uh, mm. that's why they call it board game. Uh, I I thought it was such a snooze fest. So I've been bored like that. But when it comes to I'm sitting there bored because I have nothing to do, I'm with Sean 100,000% now. When I was in high school, yeah, I would get bored and be like, yo, you guys want to do something? Let's go out. But now there is so much to do or things I could find to do, whether it be for myself on a leisure level or for entertainment or just for my job. There is so much to do that I oftentimes feel like I have not done enough. Or there is work left unfinished. That is my other end of it. But I, I do... I don't want to say it's weird when people get bored. I think it's good. I think it's human. But I think there's just way too much good shit out there to be bored. I think there's so many new games. You know, I think of when I was a kid, maybe they did release games more often than I realized. And I was just, of course, sheltered where you know, I would pick up games through, through flyers on Circuit City and Best Buy and stuff. And I would occasionally right. get an Xbox magazine and just replay the demo discs. But... You know, for me, I look at how rapidly games are released and then there's a new movie and then there's a new comic and the new manga and the new anime. I mean, there's always something I'm interested in coming out where it's like I have to be very picky on what I spend my time with, which leads right. to almost never being bored.
0: Yeah, that is a weird thing now where it's like, I'll think I'm like, man, it would be cool to replay that game or whatever. But I'm like, there's so many things I haven't played. You got to be choosy that's why like mm-hmm. for the yuffie dlc that was an easy pick because i'm like i can get in and out of that in like four
1: hours right or less right um
0: that's what's which the I guess
1: about mario golf too i've heard the adventure modes really quick so it's like yeah we can hop in and out of that fast
0: i did find the reviews for mario golf pretty interesting
1: mm-hmm.
0: not dude can you believe that uh uh what's the other game that's out today the bandai namco joint
1: um oh scarlet nexus
0: scarlet nexus scored higher than mario golf on yeah. Open Critic. and I was like, whoa. I haven't
1: which played apparently, it yet, but it looks really good.
0: Apparently, the fault of Mario Golf is that the story mode's not good, and the extra modes aren't that great, but the actual golf game mm. is good, and it's a little light on content, which that seems to be a reoccurring Nintendo thing. Yeah, Tennessee has uh...
1: had the same thing.
0: And then, dude, Animal Crossing...
1: Animal uh, Crossing was a fucking joke, in my opinion. Super...
0: My opinion. Yeah, Super Mario Party light on content apparently mm-hmm. they dude and they never fucking got multiplayer until like a over a year it was a long time i don't know if it was over a year but a very long time before they got uh multiplayer or online multiplayer sorted yeah. out so
1: it's a shame because out of all the mario random spin-offs outside of like super strikers and stuff like golf was definitely my favorite i even love the nes one i actually own that complete in box now um, Oh, the original nes opened golf tournament with Mario and. Yeah, you know, so that's like my favorite spinoff, and to hear them just kind of go light on it was was depressing. But I'm yeah. still gonna pick it up, play it, or I have it at home, I should say, and I'm gonna play it when I when I do get home. Jay Lopez is next. Uh, first part of the write-in we kind of addressed, I think, but the second one is a, a question, really, for you or statement rather. Um, Hey guys, this one's going to be a Halo topic. I know Maddie pointed out how 343 didn't give an official release date, but a holiday release. You think it could be they're taking every last minute to polish up the game. Seems to be most companies are taking lessons from giving an official release date only to back out last minute like CD Projekt Red. I hope they're not in some sort of development trouble, but I do hope they take every minute possible. Game looks great so far, which we did cover. Uh, This one's for Dustin. I'm behind the hype for Elden Ring and watching that trailer makes me want to get into Dark Souls games. Lastly, F in the chat for Carrick. Hope he comes back soon. Love that dude's energy, which we hope he does as well. Uh, Dustin, any, any uh, response to some Elden Ring hype?
0: No, other than I'm still very excited. I watched the trailer many times and I've been like, there's lots of Miyazaki interviews and I'm like seeing some of the details, but I'm not like reading too much just because I want to be, uh, I want to go in fresh. If Mm -hmm. I can, I Mm -hmm. almost don't want to, I'm almost on ready to be media blackout for Elden Ring. I would
1: Uh, do it. Yeah. I would just
0: because dude souls games, uh, going in without knowing what boss or whatever, you know, it's so cool. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm good.
1: Yeah. I think that's a good call. Just Lee Martin writes in, why do you think broken games are still being released? Like dark Alliance. It's not as if it's running well on PC or certain consoles. Strange and disappointing. This was actually a game I talked about a little bit on a Game Pass video where my my point in that conversation was that broken games are an industry problem, but they don't need to be a Game Pass problem. Um, what do you make of... You know, he says, like, why are broken games still being released? Of course, I think it's just to, like, we got to get this out the door before we spend too much on a thing, and it's not going to make it back. You know? Yeah. It's it's hard to really answer why, because I think the... the, No offense to Lee, but, like, the, the answer is almost there in your face. It's just hard to accept.
0: I think it depends. I think there's different reasons why. Certain times that... It's like... Probably for Dark Alliance... They were probably like, "Here's the budget, and here's the time frame." Mm-hmm. And then, when the budgets, when it, you know, it's not quite enough to make it quite there yet. And the publisher, who published that that remaster, or Wizards whatever. of the Coast. Dude, and they just didn't they just put out that D and D game? Is that also Wizards of the Coast? Yeah, they
1: did the port for uh, Dark Alliance, and that was just. It wasn't a bad port. The game works, by the way. The game works, plays fine, looks good, even but it's just so lackluster in its features and scrubbing up where it needed to be scrubbed up. It just – its trophies were an embarrassment. It was just dumb. It was so – it was just such a lazy thing. And I think I told you this, right, how they posted my review and then, like, took it down because they realized I was pretty critical of it.
0: That's so funny, dude. Yeah, they
1: were just like, we like like this review a lot. Thank you, and we're listening to your feedback. And then five minutes later, it said delete, and I went, ah, well then.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's such an egg on the face dude. How I embarrassing. I know. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh so there's that that sometimes it's like a publisher may not really care, which is not good. Mm. Seems like Wizards of the Coast is not very trustworthy. Yeah. Um
1: it's weird cuz they got money. So
0: Other times I think that there's too much of an obligation to get a game out for a quarter for stockholders or whatever, you got to show that you have these profits in this time frame in order to meet expectations. So your stock stays valuable, and so people are willing to take the hit in order to get it out. You got to wonder with Cyberpunk what they knew, like they they knew. Yeah. So who who was like, you know, set, fucking send it, eat that bitch out. Yeah. Who cares? We'll we'll fix it after. Someone thought that it was worth it to do that. Why is it for the publisher or or what? I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's really strange too because the game obviously would have sold no problem whatsoever if they delayed it it just it it would have sold better i i'm confident it would have just because it sold really well out the gate and then just dropped off a cliff because they took it off the psn they put it back on now uh but you know no word on it after e3 either which i found very surprising i thought for sure we would hear something then but nothing so we'll see we'll see but yeah, yeah unfortunate that broken games continue to release Grimblade asked a question um, on a topic that I've talked a lot about with a couple of friends of mine playing Yakuza like a dragon and the dungeon design is pretty bad. Got me thinking what JRPGs have good dungeon design, excluding Persona five. You know, it's funny Dustin is I think my answer is none. I think none of them have good dungeon design. I think they're all pretty bad as far as I'm concerned. You know, these barren locations, copy and paste cells. Um, There's just, it's never good like i remember final fantasy 15 had bad dungeons uh tales has bad dungeons they just all do persona 5 what makes it so special i say to people all the time is every dungeon's different it has mechanics it's interesting to explore um you could argue like golden sun back then because there were puzzle mechanics had good dungeons but right you know man dude i just can you think of anything because i never could
0: it's hard because when you put the distinction of RPG, because instantly I'm like, I think of the the Zelda, the Ocarina of Time dungeons, right. but that's not really in the same camp of of the JRPG. It's not a JRPG, so that doesn't really count. Um, man, JRPG dungeons. I think you might be right, Maddie.
1: Trails of right. bad dungeons. Like, what happens is the problem is there's no mechanics that. It- that that have interaction within the dungeons. So you're just walking through rooms fighting, which isn't bad, especially with a lot of these games we're talking about have good combat systems, but what a lot is lo- a lot that's lost upon these devs is that just being able to use team skills or whatever to to do things in the dungeon and interact keeps them engaged beyond that and so jrpgs falter on that big time and then they like i said they copy paste cells like if you want to play tales of berseria 2017 game like each room looks like the last it's and so what happens is you just stare at your map as you navigate you're like where the fuck am i it's so Mm. so bad yeah Let's keep rolling here. Butterball 8 writes in, do you have any ideas what is going on with the Cuphead expansion that was supposed to come out this year? Do you think it might have been expanded into a sequel instead? Do you see this kind of occurring like what happened with Hollow Knight? Yeah,
0: I think that it's probably morphed into a sequel at this point. The question is, will they release it alongside the Cuphead TV show for Netflix? Because That 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 could be, you know, some... Some synergy between the two. Uh, I think... Yeah, I think it's become the sequel. I think that they will re-reveal it and it will just be called Cuphead 2. The question, though, is that... The Cuphead DLC was revealed on the Xbox stage. So I don't know if they had any obligation to Microsoft Mm -hmm. to do DLC. Which would then kind of put a fold in it. But now Cuphead is everywhere. So right and then because microsoft doesn't own cuphead um they made it very clear that back when it was an xbox exclusive that they're like microsoft doesn't own it cuphead 2 in the future could be multi-platform which it ended up cu- cuphead became multi-platform anyway uh which was the right move i think that was i think it's awesome that microsoft was like yeah fuck it let's make more money <laughs> everywhere yeah. else because yeah. it really did i mean dude now cuphead is like Super iconic popular just like iconic kids it's like um uh, just just huge at this point so yeah i think it'll be a a, a sequel though
1: i agree Weebs are superiors our next right and howdy ham fam scarlet nexus released today so have you played it yet if so what do you think so far i've had a good time with the demo and i've played 2 hours of the full game I think it's decent so far also just want to say i think you should be allowed to be excited about starfield not necessarily saying you are you can be realistic about expectations and also just be excited for the potential of a new bgs ip love him and defining duke and of course the channel thank you Weebs are superior appreciate that and some starfield love of course um so you didn't pick up scarlet nexus no um
0: i'm mildly intrigued by it hmm. i did not like the demo so I was surprised to see the reviews were very positive, but I think I may still check this out. Just I don't know, I don't know if I want to spend sixty on it um, for me. I'm not saying it's not worth sixty, but it doesn't intrigue me <laughs> at at sixty. Right. I need to watch some reviews though uh, to get a better idea of the whole product.
1: Yeah, it's. Um, I've played a little bit of it. I got it about a day. I got a couple of days ahead of launch, um, but the embargo lifted on the twenty third, so it was one of those situations where by the time I got it, the reviews were already set to go, and it was too late for me to really do content. And so then I was going to stream it, and then um, we had some business on the Duke end to wrap up, where it was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna shelf streaming this. Uh, but I did play a little bit of it offline because I didn't want to start it. Right, I'm in the middle of SMT, and I've had this issue where I've been like just firing games up left and right, and I put pressure on other games where I just want to enjoy and play SMT and some Mario Golf. Um, as I, I also want to do more Mass Effect. You know, I, I finished Mass Effect One Platinum, didn't like I, I haven't started two or three yet because I just wanted to really take my time with it. Um, but what I was saying is uh with scarlet nexus i did play about half an hour just to feel it out like will this be something i want to come back to and finish and the answer is yes um i played a little bit of it they have some social elements um that kind of reminded me a little bit of attack on titan i don't know if you played the attack on titan games where they had the bonding with your team kind of reminded me more of that which would make sense because i believe this is published by bandai um the action combat feels pretty good. It's a mixture of like telekinesis and anime action. Um, and the story, I can't obviously get a gauge on that half hour in. Uh, but universe-wise, seems pretty interesting. Post-apocalyptic approach, which, once again, that's one of the things I really liked about SMT4 so far, is I feel like we, we saw some moments where games did post-apocalyptic in a JRPG uh, genre, but it's not frequent. So it's definitely going to be a game I go back to. I don't know when. Um, because like I said, I want to also play dead space for the video and that's, that's what I'm going to start next. If anything, um, cause Mario golf doesn't demand so much attention. That's kind of like a fun pickup and play whenever, but, um, yeah. So Scarlet Nexus looks great from what I saw. I, I liked it, you know, I'm not in love with it, but, uh, I like how it's telling its story. You pick a protagonist at the beginning and it tells it from two different angles and they kind of combine into one. So it, to me, it shows there was thought put into it, which, right. Can't always say for a lot of stories. No. <laughs> uh, Just Lee writes in. We kind of already went over this. So if there's anything you want to add, uh, if it's not Dead Space, which EAIP are you hoping makes a return? And I, I... Titanfall. Ooh, Titanfall three,
0: baby. One. Let's go. No oh, more Apex, guys. Stop it with your battle royales. We don't want that. We want Titanfall three. I want to, you know, do the Titanfall. Titan comes down. Mm. Titanfall two. Play it if you haven't no excuses i practically free i need to you haven't played titanfall 2's campaign
1: no i haven't maddie i know
0: that's a short it's not a big ask
1: i know that's the thing it's like it's such a small ask that i feel like i can keep putting it off
0: that's that's fair that's what's happening yeah that's That's what's
1: happening i just keep going like oh just do this (laughs) weekend no you're right Uh, next weekend dude it's so
0: it's you're in for a treat so save it save it for a rainy weekend when maybe sad maddie is here and you need a little a little boost that titanfall yeah, we'll too we'll pick you up all right cool
1: on talk thank you for writing in hello hammers we have got a hot take and a weeby one for you i think i'm just transitioning to a post nintendo outlook on games i've seen so many people talking about their direct for e3 and how it was amazing but i just wasn't grabbed by most of it smt5 has my interest but i'll be honest in saying i'd rather play it at a higher resolution and frame rate over on ps5 and series x Breath of the wild 2 looks good but I don't think that was ever really in question. That said, are there any companies that you don't like much anymore but feel a little bittersweet about it? And then a the second Which question one is about is Persona 5 uh, <laughs> Sorry,
0: I like, instantly heard that. I'm like, oh, no, Maddie. <laughs> All right, BioWare. go ahead you know, yeah. that's
1: Yeah, that's, uh, my answer is pretty obvious, right? So yeah. I don't need to explain myself uh, for those who were were listeners. But, yeah, just BioWare. I have confidence BioWare can bounce back. I feel... I've heard some really exciting things. So I feel, you know, I hate to do that. Like it's so fucking stupidly vague. I'm, I apologize to the audience. Just obviously, I can't say more, but I, I feel pretty good about their trajectory. So we'll we'll see how that pans out, of course. But I feel more confident in them now than I did in like the Anthem and Andromeda era, which I know isn't saying much, but I think it's a good sign. Who's your company? Um, if, if oh, any
0: mine. Them? A company that I used to like. Um, in some ways, it's Halo and Xbox. Mm. Um, though they they're kind of been winning me back in some ways. Right. Um, so, like, yeah, man, the the Xbox One, I, dude. I just remember when that happened. I was like, "Fuck this!" I was a three sixty. I flip flopped all the time. Like, well, not all the time. I, you know, PS two, and then. 360 because the ps3 was just on un- a totally out of reach for someone right that was our age at the time and then eventually i did get a ps3 but i was totally on 360 and the next box one i was like this sucks mm-hmm. and then their games honestly that generation not so hot but now they're yeah. you know there's definitely a renaissance going on so they're kind of they haven't won me back but i'm definitely like
1: what, they do got, your what, attention. Do got,
0: what do you got going on over there
1: so absolutely Uh, Second question from on talk. It's about Persona 5 Royal. I've just started the game this week about 12 hours in and finished the first palace and I've got to say this is a new favorite. The gameplay loop is fantastic with baton passing, shadow negotiations and stylized all-out attacks. Plus the music is amazing. Speaking of music, I was wondering if either of you heard the Gill Studio covers of some of the Persona 5 Royal music. Their cover of TakeOver in particular is awesome, especially for a rocker like me as they make the guitar a little more prominent in this version. Hope you guys have an excellent weekend. Thanks for reading such a long-winded question. Of course, it's my pleasure, but Dustin, another one bites the dust. We get another Mm -hmm. Persona Five royal fan here in the audience. We appreciate that more than anything. I don't listen to covers for Persona in particular because I don't really listen to covers in general. But for Persona, because it's like you're not gonna you're not gonna make something that's more important to me than the original game. And I hate to be closed minded like that, but it's just I don't I don't know how else to put it other than I don't care. Really, that's the truth. Yeah, like the music means so much to me in that game series. Like you're not. Someone's rendition of it is great. Um, I listened to uh No More What Ifs. There was a cover of that on Spotify, which is not the original version from Royal. And that was great. Sounds like actually the original, which is which is awesome. That's what you want. Um, but beyond that, man, I just you know I'm just gonna listen to the original stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. For for me to listen to a cover, it needs to be a new rendition. Like Mm. uh For example there used to be this guy that i would watch that did like classical guitar covers of of like he would do like mario music it was just like incredibly cool like doing all the crazy picking and stuff like that um i like that stuff or like like piano versions of of songs and stuff like that so i'm not i'm with you that it's like i don't want to hear you play the song really like mostly the same way i need it to be totally
1: different for me to want to listen to a cover so yeah i agree you know because i'll I'll listen to like lo-fi pokemon music that's like my favorite thing like that shit is yeah mm, that shit is good listen to glitch city for those who don't she's incredible she just especially her her uh black and white um or is it no diamond and pearl sorry diamond and pearl she did a a lo-fi remix for like the entirety of the soundtrack and like Route 228 is is like my favorite it's so good um it's just got a good it's more like a drum and bass rather than lo-fi, but it's it's excellent i really like her work and i listen to pretty much everything she puts out now with was it shining diamond and brilliant pearl or whatever the hell they're called oh yeah we're probably going to hear more from her on that front and i'm very excited about that so just want to shout her out natural calamities up next question halo infinite is said to be taken on a 10 year long trip through development do you think the campaign will shift and add more stories instead of a fixed story it is an evolving story that'll change over 10 years or will it take 10 years for the conclusion should i expect this dustin we are on point this episode because we answer yeah. questions before they're even asked there you go i love sorry, it sorry natural yeah sorry or, natural. i know
0: i mean we answered it so yeah. i'm not sorry
1: yeah so yeah i was about to say why are we see this is what we mean this is what we mean by passive, right we're good guys we don't need the yeah. encounter with Natural Calamity. <laughs> so we're just like, dude, we're sorry. It's like, you know, we're actually not. We're just, we did our job well. You're welcome. Second question from Natural. A while ago, there was a lot of flack for Halo doing Battle Royale. And for me, I think Halo is one of the games where it makes sense. Bring the ODST who drop in with drop pods and the elites who drop in and battle on the ring. It makes sense. And I think it would be an iteration on the formula, like maybe a team battle. Dustin, where do you stand on Battle Royale and Halo?
0: Mm. For me, Battle Royale is a little tired. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's just for me. The interesting thing that they'd have to figure out is that usually, like, Halo is like, what, 12, 15 weapons normally, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I guess with Fortnite, they have different, like, power levels. At least they used to when I played it a few years ago. So maybe they could do, like, a tier system with that, or maybe. Maybe they make it an arena-style, almost, uh, Battle Royale. I don't know. They'd have to put their own spin on it. And so... For sure. I'm willing to see what they have to offer, uh, as long as it doesn't... As long as they come with the best, normal multiplayer first. And then if they've got that covered, then sure, get experimental with a Battle Royale. But we'll see Colin is pretty certain and has said on the record on pod a podcast that they were going to show off Halo Battle Royale at E3. I'm curious where he heard that from, because they had all those TVs in the background. Colin said that the reason they didn't show it is because Battlefield had a really bad Battle Royale that was in the news and they didn't want to, to people to draw similar conclusions. Was, all those TVs were there because that's where people went and played games. Uh, like their show floor presence hmm. so i don't know I'll, I'll go with what colin says since he's way more of an insider than i am
1: but right yeah with uh with halo battle royale i i think i know i sorry to repeat what i say in videos to those who watch those on top of this but just i always felt like you want to get Halo right first, then bring it to Battle Royale because you want to make Halo the thing that you're excited to see it enter this new genre rather than Halo desperate for relevance. You bring Battle Royale to it in hopes that you can just acquire new fans like kind of build your nest first. So I agree. Halo's a clear fit for Battle Royale. I think it's pretty obvious and I would be shocked if they didn't do it. But for the time being, I think they're going to want to just get the modes right satisfy halo fans and then go beyond it's if it's a 10 year long roadmap and they're really looking far they could they could take two years to bring this in as they evolve what halo infinite's all about on a arena combat standpoint all right last question comes from new ukula stick how's it going you absolute chad sad character is taking some time off but happy that he's trying to improve his setup we agree This E3 had some sequels shown coming out soon from Xbox, and it made me think about past Xbox exclusives. One of my favorite Xbox exclusives, and one of my favorite games of all time, in fact, is a 2004 original Xbox exclusive from Korean studio Fantagram called Kingdom Under Fire The Crusaders. It is a fantasy hack and slash RTS that I think had some really unique slash interesting game systems. It has four main campaigns, two as a human, one as the orcs, and one as the dark elves, and of the systems in the game, one of the coolest is a unit upgrading system that used a skill tree-like menu to allow you to shape a typical base unit into more complex, specific units, and it was a fantasy setting. So, for example, a base archer unit could be upgraded into flying bomber balloons or orc engineers into walking giant mammoths. And each mission required you to think about what unit to bring to that level since combat used a rock-paper-scissors mechanic with infantry, archers, and cavalry. I really loved it, and so, of course, it did not do well. And the eventual sequel got made into an MMO-like garbage game. My question, do y'all remember slash know this game? If so, your thoughts on it. If not, what is a game system from an old game that you liked but you haven't seen since? P.S. I'm planning to return to P5R very soon since I'm to actually unlock the royal content this time through. And if I don't unlock it, I think I'm too dumb for gaming. Just look up how to do look it. Up a guide. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Just make sure you look up how to unlock royal content for Persona Five Royal. And It should come up with a spoiler-free way to do it. if the social links you need to do. Um, so you don't. I saw you shake your head. You don't know this game, right? Kingdom Honor. I have no clue. I've, I've never heard of, heard of it. Series. I've heard of the series. I haven't played it. Um, let but me it, look I'm
0: gonna look at Google it, to see if
1: I even it's really cool it's very oh, cool I've seen yeah. it in action because you you go back and forth between RCS and hack and slash and does a lot of things at once for especially for its time yeah I remember the sequel uh, for... a lot of people were very excited for
0: hmm for me so as far as a, me- a mechanic I don't know if this is a mechanic mm-hmm. but something that I wish more games would do is let you import your old save into a sequel, like Mass Effect. Yeah, that was one of the coolest things. I remember when I I'm, you import the your Mass Effect one and two save into three, and it's like, man, mm-hmm. this is my Shepard. You know, he's been with me. The decisions that have gone all the way through. I love that. Obviously, it's probably not been replicated because it's probably really difficult. Yeah, uh, to do imagine. and a lot of planning and. I just wish someone would would do that because it really, the end of that game, it really, you felt something. Uh, it felt like uniquely your experience and your crew uh, that made it to the end. Right. Um, like, for example, in Mass Effect 2, one of my crew died in the final mission mm-hmm. because I screwed up his loyalty mission. Uh, it was the green dude
1: oh i uh, uh i can't remember his name right now i know who you're talking about though
0: yeah so i don't know if he's even in mass factory i think there was at least something that he could have been in it and i was like damn yeah there is he's uh he's not here for me yeah. so but yeah so th- that's that would be my
1: pick <sighs> i don't know if i have a good answer for this to be honest with you um hot coffee cheat code yeah cheat codes that's what maddie wants Imagine that. That'd be great. I, uh, Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if there's a, a particular mechanic that I can think of. I think, uh, more games should try. And it's funny enough. Cause we mentioned with Scarlet Nexus, but a lot of games try to take personas social system and then do their own spin on it. And the closest we've seen someone get to that is really fire Emblem on three houses, which I am very adamant on saying they did a bad job with it, but it's the closest we got. I would like to see more games just shamelessly take Persona's day-by-day system and make it their own. They do not own that, as far as I'm aware. And you could innovate within that on the activities you do and how things are doled out. But I I found it strange. Like, I've played the Caligula effect, which had Persona elements, and they were bad. And Scarlet mm-hmm. Nexus, they have Persona elements, and so does... Um, attack on titan and there's so many games that have these persona elements and i don't understand why they don't just say let's make a social link system let's build a relation i just persona as a framework is so it's so easy of a concept to grasp and execute that i don't know why it isn't done more but i may be missing something there uh because they do have very gifted programmers but despite all that man uh, I would like to see that personally as a mechanic more often, although not yeah, a, although not a super brand new one. But Dustin, that's all the questions we have for this week. As we wrap this up, at the time we typically start our show, for those who don't know, because yeah. Carrick's not here, we we're doing this earlier. We we started at like two, and so we're finishing us this, this up at four fifteen. And normally we start recording at four thirty. It's sometimes even later because we're all getting into a call around then. So. This is definitely a one welcome change of pace I'll say. It's a it's a bright spot amidst all the changes that we're going through here. Uh but yeah, so keep that in mind for the patrons who are we're going to see this and go, "Whoa. This is here early." Yeah. Um Dustin, any any closing thoughts?
0: Any closing thoughts? Man, I'm just thinking about for you guys on video here. This our our little our boy right here, uh Toad with his oh, little yeah. hat. He has this little hat in uh Mario Golf that I'm very excited about. And dude, have you have you seen some of the trailers to this? Like fucking Wario with the cowboy hat. Yeah. yeah. Dude, the fucking drip, dude. He's he's just styling. Everyone is styling in this game. And I'm dude, I'm just I'm excited,
1: I'm excited to dive
0: you. in. We'll see. It's four o'clock. Maybe I can get a little time in before uh
1: the other festivities of the evening. But indeed. Well, we'll let you get to it, ladies and gentlemen, if you got this deep, thank you so much. Um Instead of doing a hashtag, just send Carrick some love. Send him some love and support. Carrick, uh, at at Jeremy Penter. Go ahead, tweet at him. Uh, Tell him we sent you, and just uh, shoot him some love. We don't need the hashtag this week. We just want you guys to send him your your support. Uh, So with that, let's wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening to episode 307 of the Ham Radio Podcast, and we'll see you all next week, whatever transpires. Take care of yourselves, and goodbye. See ya.